I'm happy to be here with you. It's been, my wife and I were talking earlier, it's been a great joy of ours to be here with you once again here in North Dakota. You guys are a great blessing. And, and I really see this church growing and expanding and doing great things for the kingdom of God. Amen? You guys are awesome. Tonight's going to be a great night. I'd like to take a testimony um, before I get into the word here. And I'm putting you on the spot. But Kevin, I just want to hear from you. I heard uh, it, that you got blessed this week. So just tell us what the Lord's done in your life uh, this week. been dealing with, um, I've always been having to deal with pride in my heart, and coming into this, I was just expecting, ever since, like, Sunday morning, my wife told me, it's like, we're going to every one, and it's like the pride in me, it was like, well, we'll see, I don't know if I want to go Sunday night, you know, and Sunday morning, when I was in the first service, I knew I'm going to be going to every service after this, and I knew... I went in expecting, it's like, Lord, you're going to break stuff off of me. And I didn't have the, I didn't, I didn't feel like, oh, something just broke off. But it's like every night there was like layers being opened up and stuff coming off. And every night I felt a little more freer. I felt freedom. Um, like even my wife noticed, like, the way I'm talking, um, I don't feel... I don't feel that judgment on me that, that the pride brings. There's so much stuff. There's just so so much stuff, bad stuff with the pride. It wasn't, you know, everything, anxiety. I, I, had, I made my list Monday at work. I made my list. I had I had a side for the physical stuff, healing, and, and the spiritual, mental stuff that I wanted broke off. And I'm just claiming the Lord for everything on that list to be broken off. Hallelujah. Well, thanks for coming and plugging, plugging in with us this week. It's been great to have you. Amen. Don't mind me. I'm just releasing the anointing here. We're going to get started early tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 You know, it's the anointing that's going to shake Dickinson. It's not religion, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus' ministry was such an impact. And that's why the early church had, had saw so much because of the power of the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, the Bible says there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And that was when the Holy Ghost showed up on the scene. And their lives were turned around. And that took Peter from denying Jesus three times to standing up in front of the thousands and giving testimony to what Jesus did. And the power of God is what, what began to, what really what made the early church grow the way it did. And it's not going to change today. It's not a church program that gets the job done. It's not, and I'm, you know, I don't take away from excellence. I'm not saying that you're not excellent. The, the aim of the church should be ex, to be excellent. But, it, but it, isn't, it, isn't an, it isn't an excellent children's program that's going to shake Dickinson. It's not... It's not an excellent band that's going to shake Dickinson, although there should be excellence. Um, it's the power of the Holy Ghost because you can have everything. You can have excellent building, excellent ushers. You know, we've been in places. I've seen places. When we travel with Pastor Rodney, I've been to places where the ministry of help is excellent. But then there's no anointing. And then people have a, have a you know, Christianity is not a, is not a cerebral thing. It's not an intellectual thing. 
Christianity, Jesus saves you and, and takes out the stony heart. Your mind gets renewed, but, but salvation is first here before it's here. Jesus came to live in your heart, not to live in your head. Amen. And so it's the power of the Holy Ghost that this city needs. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that people need. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost that breaks those layers off. Amen. It's not religion. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so grateful for the anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Well, before I get into the word here, there's something my wife and I wanted to do um, this final night. And it's not a big deal, but we wanted to honor your pastors, uh, Pastor Will and Pastor LaShawn, and say, we, we love you and we're proud of you and what you're doing. You're doing a great job. You're leading the way. And just as a small token of our gratitude, we got you a gift card to Shields for 400 bucks. Just so we want to buy you some nice snow boots on us. I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's crazy out there. So this is just from, from us to you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> if you pastored in Florida, you would never get a gift card to Shields for snow boots. But since you pastor in North Dakota, God bless you. Amen. It's good to honor your pastors. It's good to honor your pastors. It's a thing of honor. They're, they're a gift that, remember that God gave gifts to men. So when God looked at, you know, when you, you start to take it personally, God looked at all of you, and, and one of the major love gifts that he gave to you are these people sitting here. When he looked at you and said, I want to see you uh, be strengthened. I want to see you be equipped. I want to see you fulfill everything I've called you to do. I'm going to give you Pastor Will and LaShawn. So to understand that God, when he thought of you, gave, gave them to you as a gift. It's good to honor. It's good to honor. So we want to honor your pastors. Amen. All right. Turn with me in your Bible to Joshua. We've been there a few times this week. Joshua chapter 1. Hallelujah. We're going to lay hands on everybody at the end of the service here. We're going to do some preaching first. Joshua 1. Joshua 1, and I'm going to read from verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Everyone say now. now. Faith is now. Faith is not later. If it's not now, it's not faith. Now, therefore, arise. Pretend he's talking to River Church Dickinson. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And then verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper with this wherever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night, that, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. And then turn with me to the book of Psalm. Book of Psalms, chapter, uh, Psalm 1. 
And I'm going to read verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. The different translation says brings forth fruit in every season, his, which Jeremiah 17 actually says. He brings forth fruit in every season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the godly shall perish. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, there's a perception that people have that when you sign up to be a Christian, when you become a Christian, it's almost like you're, you're signing up for a boring life where you have to obey a bunch of strict rules and you don't get to have any fun and you just have to be a nice person and that's the sum total of Christianity. But I want to tell you, when you, when you decide to make Jesus the Lord of your life, that, the Bible says that when you do this, that's what success is. The Bible, the Bible uses the word success. It says when you listen to the word of God, then you make your way prosperous and then you have good success. The moment you decided as a church, the moment you decided as a person, I, am dis I have decided to follow Jesus and I'm not turning his back. How many of you say, I've made that decision? When you make that decision, the Bible says everything turns around. And the Bible says that then things start to get good. Becoming a Christian isn't a way to take a back seat to what's really happening in life. You miss out on this, you miss out on that. When you serve God wholeheartedly, things get better in every area. Amen. The enemy people get up, and I'm not people at this church coming and making it seem like when I was in the world, you know, I, I, I had everything you could ever ask for. I had money, I had girls, I had fun. I, you know, we, we would get high, and then they would take that time, they take... <laughs> 20 minutes, man, the stuff we got into is so crazy. Man, there was this one time, and, and you're like covering the children's ears, you know, and then they go on that for 20 minutes, and then right at the end, they're like, but now I got saved, and I'm broke, and, and I can't find employment, but, you know, I'm just happy that I'm going to heaven one day. And like somehow, being serving God is a lesser road. Oh, you know, it's going to pay off in the end. One day in the sweet by and by, we'll be happy. You know, I know one day in the sweet by and by, we will be happy. We'll, there'll be no such thing as sorrow. He'll wipe every tear away from our eye. But I'm here to tell you, when you say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, you step into a life of true success and prosperity. You step into a life of joy instead of sadness. You step into a life of prosperity instead of being broke. God looks and says, if you're going to serve me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see to it that you're blessed. You know, and this is what's been lost on the church. Like, like this life is just a life of sacrifice. Oh, you know, it's so hard to serve the Lord. It's not hard to serve the Lord. Have you ever tried being strung out on drugs? It's hard to be strung out on drugs. It's not hard to serve the Lord. It's, it's, it's the way of the transgressor is hard, the Bible says. When you serve the Lord, the Lord makes things good. He gives you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. That's what the gospel does to you. And so when you align yourself with the Lord, there has to come an expectation that although I may have an enemy, the enemy doesn't have, the difference between a believer and a non-believer is that when you become a believer, a child of God, the enemy doesn't have access to you. It doesn't mean he won't try, but it means he doesn't have access to you. Colossians 1.13 says, Thanks be to God who has delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his Son. When you become a child of God, you become off limits to the devil. And that's why, that's why we read it the other night. That's why the devil said to God when talking about Job, 
your servant Job. You've made a hedge of protection about him and about all that he has about his house and about all that he has on every side. You become untouchable. It's not that the devil doesn't have power because it says you've been delivered from the power of darkness. There is a power to darkness. You go, to, you know, you go to Africa. And, and I guess some over here a little bit, but you go to Africa and you see witchcraft. You see what witchcraft looks like. You, there's witch doctors, there's witchcraft. You see someone, you know, fall on the floor and start slithering. You know, you see stuff over there and you say, okay, that's demonic power. That's not good power. Someone levitates. You say, oh, I think we got, that's a problem. We need to do something about that, right? So people's eyes roll, you know, hey, that's, there's power there. And so people have, the, the, the dark side has power. But our life as Christians isn't focused on the power the dark side had. Because when Jesus died and rose again, he kicked the devil's butt once and for all. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says he, that he, he passing through death that he might destroy him that had the, he took on flesh and blood that by through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. The devil had the power of death over you. The moment you got born again, the devil doesn't have power over you. Amen. The, the, the devil can't touch you. When, you're, when you stay unsaved, when you stay living in sin, when you stay following the things of the world, the devil has access to you. You know, how many remember when it was a couple of years ago, you know, you know, COVID came out and then there was all of a sudden they were talking about murder hornets. Who remembers that term, murder hornets? And we were like, we're getting mur supposed to be getting murder hornets. Well, you know, when you get born again, it's like having a, a house with all the doors closed. When you open the door to sin, it's like there's murder hornets outside. If you'll just keep all the doors and windows shut, they don't get access to you. That's why you have doors and windows. But if you're going to open the door and prop it open, you're going to have things come in. And so there's a decision that you make to say, I am detaching myself from the world. I'm turning my back on the world. Like those old songs says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I'm not looking back at the world. I'm not going back to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not looking back at my past. I'm looking ahead. And from this day forward, I'm running for the things of God. And I'm going after it wholeheartedly. People go out and serve the devil wholeheartedly. They go out and they're in biker gangs and they're drinking and they're up till four in the morning and they're running drugs. And then they get in the kingdom of God. Oh, I don't think I'm going to go to the midweek service. I think I'm just going to stay home. I'm tired. You Tired? You are four o'clock in the morning doing drugs for the devil and you can't come here till 9 p.m. I'm tired. I go to bed early now. No, no, no. The same, the same velocity you used for the kingdom of darkness, use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. Time is short and you have to reckon with, and that's why what these revival meetings do and what the anointing does is the anointing implants eternity in your heart. Paul prayed that in Ephesians 1. He said that you may know him and that you may know the, he said that you may know him and that you may know the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. What's his calling? The Bible talks about the calling upwards. You know, there's coming a day that we're going to stand before God. There's coming a day we're going to stand before God. And the, and the number one desire of my life is that I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. How many with me on that? All I want to hear from God. I can't afford to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. I have to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That we're, there's gonna, there's a, a day is coming we're going to stand before God. So when God implants that on the inside of you, I don't know how long we have left. I'm 36 now. You know, if the Lord tarries and I'm 100 years old when I go home to be with him, then I got 60-something years left to give it everything I've got. That's a short time. You know, I started doing some math the other day and thinking about souls, thinking about souls. If I want a soul a day for the rest of my life and I had 60 years left, 
one soul a day. That'd be 365 souls a year, 3,650 souls every decade. You times that by six, you're, you're coming up on 20,000 souls in a life. 20,000? That's, that's, 20, that's not even Dickinson. That's not even all of Dickinson. That's a life's work for someone who will win one soul a day. And I know there's many people that say it's not just going to be one. I'm going to send my money and my money's going to multiply into souls. And then I'm going to use my talents and I'm going to win more than one. And then maybe we'll do, you know, we'll do efforts to, to, to get the, to expand the reach. But, but there has to come an eternal focus to say, I'm all in. Not only am I just, my Christianity is not only represented by, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss. It's represented by, I'm all in for the kingdom of God and seeing the kingdom of God established. Amen. If you believe it and receive it, why don't you give the Lord an amen tonight and let him know you're on board for that. Amen. And so, so when you sign up and you say, I'm, gonna become, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm serving the Lord. The Lord's hand of blessing comes on your life. I don't know how it is that the word blessing has become a dirty term. You know, it used to be suffer, suffer. The children wanted to come and be blessed. And then the disciples rebuked him. No, suffer not the, suffer the children to come unto me. Let them come. They want to be blessed. You know, if you ever get into a religious atmosphere and they don't want you to talk about the anointing or the power of the Holy Ghost, this is how you do it. This is what Pastor Rodney said. He said he went into Luther when he was young. He went into a, like it was a Lutheran church and he couldn't call and like... You know, he wasn't going to have a Holy Ghost meeting because there were, there were very strict rules. So he just said, uh, if anyone would like a blessing, come forward. And people came and lined up. And then when he laid hands on them, the power of God hit him. And people were falling out speaking in tongues on the floor. But people come through for a blessing. But now you say blessing. Well, what do you mean by blessing? I mean, blessing is something God gives. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. When you serve the Lord wholeheartedly, there's a blessing that comes on your life. There's an incentive to serve God. There's an incentive to serve God. Lord, I'm so thankful that when I leave this earth, I'm coming to see you. But I'm not waiting to step over into eternity to take a hold of what you have for me. Lord, I'll have every blessing you have for me now tangible and intangible. Lord, your healing power is my blessing now. Your, your deliverance is my blessing now. Peace of mind is my blessing now. Lord, lifting things off me is my blessing now. A good night's sleep is my blessing now. No pain in my feet, that's a blessing now. Lord, I thank you that your hand of blessing comes on me. And so God wants you to know tonight that as you leave this place and as we finish, close out these, this week of meetings, that, that his hand of, of blessing is on you. And as you choose to plug wholeheartedly, you know, for all of us, there's always a time where we can be doing more. But there's a time where the Lord will start to deal with people. Hey, it's time that you step it up and you start moving, advancing the kingdom of God, where you make it your business to see the kingdom of God established. That's what the Bible says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, what's righteousness? Righteousness is to be in right standing with God. So seek to be in right standing with God in every area of your life. In every area of your life. I believe we have a room full of people because you're here on a Friday night. There's a lot of other things you could be doing on a Friday night. Amen. And But you're here in church. But that you're saying, I'm seeking to be right with God. More than anything else, I want, I want to know my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to know that God approves of my life. That's my number one prayer request. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, I just want to please you with my life. How many pray that way? Lord, I just want my life to please you. Lord, can my life be pleasing to you? Out of everything I do on this earth, I just want to be pleasing to you. That's what righteousness is, to, be in, to keep your life in right standing with God. The Bible's not a complicated book. People, well, how do I access that? How do I access that? 
it's by it's by wholehearted obedience and your faith the bible is a simple book god has many things for us god has many blessings for us god has things and you know what you know what hit me is when i realized that the word of god is is you know you have the old testament and the new testament but that word testament when someone's going to well when someone's heading towards the end of their life they'll write out this is my will and testament my last will and testament the new testament is god's final will and testament for us so when i realized that this is actually just like someone would sit down and write to my niece so and so i want $100,000 to go to them i want the house to go to my brother i want this this is actually what they want you know there's been plenty of family issues and maybe some in here have been a part of something like this where the person who's heading on and bequeathing things says one thing says one thing yeah i'm going to do this you're going to get this everyone's going to get an equal share everyone's getting an equal share everyone's getting an equal share and then when they finally die they say got on their will i know i said everyone's going to give an equal share but actually i'm giving it all to susie cuz she was my favorite see ya <laughs> Oh, uh, what? You know, maybe, maybe there's been a part, but God, but God wrote. And so he, he sat down and through the prophets and through men of God gave you his word to say, this is what I want for you. When I say healing, this is what I want for you. When I say peace of mind, when I say joy, when I say abundance, this is what I want for you. And when you align yourself with the word of God, this is my word. Jesus is my savior. God is my father. Bless God, I'm not leaving anything on the table. Hallelujah. There was a time I was praying and I said, "Lord, I was praying and I said, "Lord, I want to I was praying about souls. Lord, give me more of a compassion for the lost. Lord, I Lord, give me a greater compassion for the lost." And I said, "Lord, I want to bring you your inheritance. I want to bring you your you know, so people are God's inheritance. God sent Jesus specifically so he could get us. We are the fruit of his labor. God's not interested in your 67 Chevy. He doesn't care. He's not going to drive it. His inheritance is you. The number one gift you can give God is by giving your life to him and then bringing others to him. It's also the number one thing you can do to mess with the devil. Devil tries to mess you, go out and win some souls. Devil, I'll make it that you'll never mess with me again. I'm going to go out and pull people out of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen. You can get a you can get aggressive in the kingdom of God. Oh devil, you're going to throw some you're going to throw some punches, are you? Okay, I'm going to go soul winning today. I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to really disincentivize you from ever messing with me ever again. I'm going to kick you where it counts. Amen. You can do that. But is the number one thing and I said, "Lord, I want to bring you your inheritance." And I felt the Lord say, "I'll have my inheritance, but you'll have yours." God has things that he's penned on this in this book. God has things that he's made readily available to us that the moment you get plugged connected up with the with the kingdom of God become available for you to take now. Not become available for you to wait for. I want to tell you tonight: the only thing we're waiting for is the rapture of the church. You're not waiting for healing. You're not waiting for prosperity. You're not waiting for 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 your season to come. You're not in a dry season waiting for your season. You know what Psalms one says? It says you're planted by the rivers of water. You know what? That's like a cheat code. A tree that's planted by the rivers of water doesn't matter if if drought comes because it's planted by the river. It's it's not dependent on the rains because it's planted by the river. 
I'm here to tell you you're planted by the river. I'm not just referring to the river church. I'm here to tell you you're planted by the river. Your leaves, you will always bear fruit. No dry seasons in Jesus' name. If you receive it, why don't you open your mouth and bless the Lord tonight and say, I'll take that in Jesus' name. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. There's ways to guarantee your fruitfulness. And we've talked about it this week. One of the ways you do that is by opening your mouth and giving thanks. You know, when Jesus looks and Jesus spoke, you know, Jesus' final words when he hang on the cross, he's hanging on the cross. What did he say? He said, it is finished. Those were his final words. Well, before he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But he said, it is finished. Those three words. You know, all of our salvation begins with those three words. It is finished. Jesus saying it is finished. That was actually the term that was used. It is finished is when someone had a debt. So if someone went and had a debt, and then they'd come and they'd pay it down. Pay it down, pay it down. The day they came with their final payment and paid it down, they would stamp it with it is finished. It means paid in full. Paid in full. Paid in full. When Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again, when Jesus died on that cross for you, your sin debt was paid in full. Your, the, the, the price for your for your healing was paid in full. The price for you to have a good night's sleep was paid in full. The price for you to be able to digest food was paid in full. The price for your prosperity was paid in full. Everything we believe the Lord for was everything we believe the Lord for was paid in full on the cross of Calvary. Your job is to uh, is to wholeheartedly obey the Bible and then take it by your faith. The Bible says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You're not storming the gates of heaven to take. God's not there withholding your, your healing and then you're saying, God, I'm coming to take this out of your hand. But it's made available to you. God's power is made available to you and it's your faith that accesses it. And I believe coming out of this meeting, everyone's going to have a fire, the fire of God burning on the inside of them to take everything that God has for them. That there'll not be one person that calls this church home that won't be living in abundance. There'll not be one person that calls this church home that struggles any longer with sickness and disease. I see people coming into this church. Why is it these that the members are so blessed? It's because the word of God's alive in our spirit and we're going from glory to glory and strength to strength why don't you give the lord a mighty amen tonight for that bible says in job 36 11 he says if you obey me how many of you obey the lord if you obey me and serve me how many of you serve the lord he says you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. I'm here to tell you tonight, today's a day of prosperity. Tomorrow's a day of prosperity. Sunday's a day of prosperity. 2022's a year of pleasures. With God, there are no dry seasons. There are no wilderness seasons. There are no I'm just like Job seasons. This isn't, the devil will try to, you, try to get you to take any lie so that he can make it that it doesn't apply to you. But when you say, I got no excuses, I guess I just got to be blessed. I got no excuses. 
excuses. I just got to be full of joy. I tell people in the healing school, I'm sorry to break it to you, but the Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. So if you want to stay healthy, you're just going to have to stay joyful the rest of your life. I'm sorry to break it to you. You're going to have to stay joyful from now until Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. But the enemy will come to try to steal your joy. How long do you think you can keep that up? I'll keep it up till Jesus comes back. I got all the joy that I need. Hallelujah. I got his joy living on the inside of me. I got the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Hey, some of you don't know what's on the inside of you yet. You just got to stir it up. If you woke up tomorrow morning and instead of saying, uh, I guess at least it's Saturday. Instead of saying that, you woke up and said, Hallelujah, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. I'm an overcomer. And you begin to open your mouth. You'll see that joy stirs up on the inside of you. I want to tell you that when the Holy Ghost moved in, he brought joy with him. You may say, oh, that's not my personality. Life's been so hard to me. But when you got hooked up with Jesus, Jesus put a deposit of joy in your spirit. It's up to you to access it. It's the same way. How many of you know 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter? What does it say? What's the first thing? Love is patient. One person got it. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. How many of you know a Christian, and maybe it's you, how many of you know a Christian that's not patient and not kind? Don't raise your hand too high. Hopefully not in this church. But <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says God is love. So if Jesus came to live on the inside of you, that means you've got God's Perfect love living in your spirit. Well, why is it that someone who's a Christian, who's got God's perfect love living in their spirit, why are they so mean? Why are they such jerks? Why, why, are, they, why are they so unkind? Why are they so impatient? Well, they've got it on the inside. They're just not accessing it yet. It's like having a nitrous oxide button in your car and you never press the button. That's what it's like. Like having bullets in the gun and you never pull the trigger. I don't know why I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't kill any deer year after year. Well, I don't ever hear you shooting a shot. Yeah, I just don't like to pull that trigger. Well, that's why. Pull the trigger and you'll find your, your rate of success goes up. It's the same thing with the Holy Ghost. You got joy on the inside of you. You got peace on the inside of you. You got love on the inside of you. You wake up and you say, hallelujah, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm not going to set my eyes on the negative. I'm going to set my eyes on what's good about being a Christian. Lord, thank you. Lord, I know it's five degrees outside, but thank you, Lord. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Thank you, Lord. I live in the good old USA. Thank you, Lord. We got fast food. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Jesus. There's a place called Walmart. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to go outside and chop down a tree to get firewood. Or maybe you do. I, thank you, Lord. I don't have an outhouse. I got an in-house. And I got heat in my home. Thank you, Lord. There's things to be grateful for. Amen. Hallelujah. When you t when, if, you'll t if you'll take these last two months and just practice, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but just practice how grateful you can get to God about the small things. I remember there was a time I started, I started, I started doing this actually when I was in sales. Because I, I heard a, 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 a Christian sales motivational speaker who said gratefulness is the healthiest emotion. He said you can't be anxious and grateful you can't be frustrated and grateful. You can't be upset and grateful. You can't be in something negative and grateful at the same time. And so I used to carry this little notebook around in my pocket, and I'd pull out, and every day I'd write down things I, would, I was grateful for. And, you know, you start with the big things. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, heaven, 
my mom, this was before I was married. You know, you start writing me a lot down. And then after that, after a while, you're like, well, I got to pick some other things. So I'm like, like, open to just I ate this morning. I like that raw honey that I got. It's got a good taste to it. You know, you like get into just like the little stuff. And then, and then you start doing this and you realize like how much good things are actually going on. Even though some things may be not for you. There's other things that are going on that could be better. When you'll choose to put your eyes on what God has done for you that way, and start thanking him for what he's done. Start thanking him for what he's done. You see that with the leper. You remember those 10 lepers that came to Jesus and they stood afar away off? Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus didn't even, Jesus didn't even walk to them. He was walking. Master, have mercy on us. Go show yourself to the priest. And just keeps going. You know, they could have got offended. That's it. You didn't even stop. You could, no, you just go show yourself to the priest. And then the one out of the ten, as they went, all ten, as they went, the leprosy dried up and they were healed. But one came back and fell at the feet of Jesus and, said, and started to worship and started to give thanks. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? Weren't there ten that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? And then he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Do you know what whole means? Well, whole means in perfect soundness of body. So when, when that person, when that leper came back, Although 10 lepers were cleansed and could enter, re-enter society, the one that was cleansed that returned back to give thanks is the one that had his nose grow back, had his earlobes grow back, had his fingertips grow back, had the pieces of flesh that had been eaten away by the leprosy come back on. That's what gratefulness will do. If you'll open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I, there may be things that could be better, but Lord, thank you that you blessed me. Thank you that I'm eating this morning. Thank you, Lord, I'm breathing today. Thank you, Lord, I'm a alive and well. Why don't you take 20 good seconds, lift your hands and begin to thank God that you're alive, that you're in church on a Friday night serving the living God. You're not at a Buddhist convention. You're not at an, a mosque. You're, you're in the church of the living Christ. Jesus living in, the, in your heart, the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a, a loud shout. Amen tonight. You turn and say, Lord, I thank you. I remember there was a time we, <laughs> you start practicing this and all of a sudden you're just looking for what things that go well. We, we, we have a favorite taco shop that we like uh, back where we are in Tampa. And the one time we went in, we would get, you know, always get tacos and then chips and queso. And we got home and we would get a small chip and, you know, small bag of chips and queso. And we opened the to-go bag and they had put a large queso, which is like a $7 upgrade. And man, I did a little, Lord, thank you. Lord, you know how much I like this cheese. Lord, thank you. Praise you for this cheese upgrade. Lord, I bless you. And then after all, I'm like, I've been praising the Lord for 20 seconds about cheese. But I think that's good. You, know, you start thanking the Lord out of a grateful heart. The Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. The Lord, the Lord, when he does things for you and you'll start to praise, it opens you up. It opens you up for what he has for you next. And you can't help but stay down. And some of your family may be angry at you. Why are you so happy all the time? Like you broke the deal. Hey, I thought we all agreed we were going to be an unhappy family together. I can't, why are you smiling so much? I got Jesus in my heart. I woke up again this morning. I turned on the water and, it's and it, the, the water heat is still working. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe five degrees out here, but I'm having a nice warm shower. I choose to focus on the negative or I can choose to be thankful what the Lord has done. Fruitfulness comes from a life of praise. The Bible says in Psalm 67, 5 and 6, let the people praise him. Let all the people praise him and the earth shall yield its increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. I'm going to tell you a small testimony, and I think you'll like this one, because North Dakota people like guns. I, um, 
I, I was on the internet. This was probably at the beginning of last year. And I just typed in new guns. And there were, I was looking at, it was either this year or 2020. Sorry, 21 or 22. And, uh, and I found this pistol that had just come out. And it was a Ruger 5.7. And it was like 800 bucks. And I said, I think I'd like that gun. I don't need it. I have, I have other guns. I wasn't a need. It, it, it's not, it doesn't even make sense really as a gun. It's not good for home defense. You shouldn't carry it. It's got armor, it's armor piercing. The only time it makes sense is if the United Nations invaded. We're not live streaming. Don't worry. I can say whatever I want. If the United Nations invaded and they were coming in in like military gear. That's the only time that gun would do me any good. I don't keep it by the bed to shoot somebody. It'll shoot through a wall. You don't want that thing. It doesn't, now that I have it, I'm like, this thing's useless. It's cool, but it's useless. I was like, I'd like this gun. And I said, Lord, I don't want to pay $800 for this gun. I'm going to ask you to buy me this gun. Then I have to find a scripture because I, I, I can't believe for something if I don't have a scripture. And the Bible says, the Bible says that the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And I said, well, I think this gun's a good thing. Lord, you told the disciples if they don't have a sword, sell one of their guns or cloaks and buy a sword. We don't use swords now. We use collars, and I sold this gun. It's a good thing. I'm believing you for this good thing. And I received, I took $50, and I sold it towards this gun. And I said, Lord, this is for the gun, and I receive it in Jesus' name, $800. Lord, someone could bring me the gun or bring me $800. Either way, I'm happy. And then a week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. I think a month went by. And all of a sudden, I was like, Lord, why is this taking long? I'm not believing you for $800,000. I'm believing you for $800. This shouldn't be a big deal. I've believed you for bigger things before. And then the Lord quickened that verse to my spirit. Let the people praise him. Let all the people praise him. And the earth shall yield its increase. If, if any harvest is, harvest is taking longer than it should, it's because there's not enough praise going on. Amen. And so what I did is I went home, I turned on some good praise music, Can't Stop Praising His Name by Ron Canoli, and I danced around my house for that gun. Thank you, Lord, that gun's on its way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for my new Ruger coming in. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you, and I dance. Within a couple of days, someone walked up and said, the Lord told me to bring this to you, handed me a, a, a bank envelope, and in it was $800. I took that $800, tied, added a little bit to it, and went down and got that gun. Amen. Is that okay that I testify of God paying, buying a gun for me? If anyone doesn't like guns, talk to the Lord. He, he provided it. So, the young lions in North Dakota for hunger money. Amen. You can, you can use my from the cat if you want. Young lions lack and suffer hunger. I love that scripture because anything that I can put in the category of good, I can get from that scripture. Young lions lack and suffer hunger. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalm 34, 10. Psalm 84, 11 says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. If you, if, if you can figure out that it's a good thing, you can use that verse to get it from God. But if you want to stay fruitful, you keep your mouth open in praise because it keeps you in it keeps you eligible for God to bless you. How many want to stay fruitful? How many want to see the, le the rest of this year be the most fruitful part of your year? Instead of open your mouth to talk about how bad it is. We were talking, we were talking earlier. You know, pe people, Americans especially, and maybe I just don't know other cultures, but Americans especially congregate and there's like camaraderie around negativity. You're at, you're at the gas station. You know, you could be a millionaire, but you're at the gas station filling up your tank and there's someone fiddling up their tank. And, and, and what do people say? Oh, 
Yeah, these gas prices, they're getting out of control. This whole thing's crazy. It, it makes no difference to you, the price of gas. You're a millionaire, but you still complain about, you still talk about it. Because people, yeah, you know, this COVID thing is crazy. With my luck, I'm bound to get it, you know. Pe- people congregate in negativity. And that's one thing that's different between the African culture and the American culture. African culture is not like that. But American people, it's like you get along. Man, isn't it so tough? The government's doing this. My boss is doing this. I can't believe they were did this. I can't believe they took that snack machine out of the workroom, out of our break room. And just focus on what's negative. But instead of doing that, if you'll focus and open your mouth for what's positive. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, not not, oh, it's Monday. Thank you, Lord, for another week to serve you. Thank you, Lord, I'm alive again. Thank you, Lord, this is going to be the best week I've ever had. Thank you, Lord, that's going to mercy endures forever. Lord, I want to bless you. Thank you, Lord, that since I got saved, I'm already blessed. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be blessed. I'm not waiting to get blessed. I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed in Jesus' name. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. When Jesus said, it is finished, that means it is finished. When you, when you believe the Lord for something, you're not believing the Lord for something the Lord still has to do. You're believing the Lord for something that he's already done. That's the gospel. When, when we talk about faith, we're not looking ahead to something God's going to do. We, we're looking back actually at something that he did at Calvary. When Jesus said, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost, he, he paid for your healing. He paid for your deliverance. He paid for your prosperity. He paid for your advancement. He already paid. And that's why Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, bear our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. Jesus paid the price for what you're needing 2,000 years ago. So you don't wake up and say, Lord, could you please do this for me? Because he's in heaven and he's done all his doing. I said he's in heaven and he's done all his doing. He's not going to come and die again for your sins. He's not going to come and, 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 and be whipped again for your, for your sickness and disease. So when you wake up and attach your mouth and begin to give him praise that it's already yours, what are you doing? The Bible says, that's my God. Ephesians chapter 1 is Christ, who has blessed us, has blessed, that's past tense, has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And then go over to 1 Peter. Actually, 2 Peter, chapter 1, 2 Peter 1, has given, everyone say has given, and I'm going to read verse 3, according as all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Let me ask you this, does your health pertain to your life? Does your money pertain to your life? Does your peace of mind pertain to your life? Does your sleep pertain to your life? Does your digestion pertain to your life? Does your marriage pertain to your life? Then it says he is according as his divine power has, past tense, already given to us all things that pertain unto life. Finishing up that verse. Through the, how? How? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. When you talk about prosperity, you're actually talking about a person. When you talk about healing, you're talking about a person. I was, I was playing with my son the other day, and we had preaching on in the background. And, you know, he, he hears a lot of preaching. He's in church a lot. They're both in church a lot. But my oldest, he's coming up on three soon. He's in church a lot. And he looked at me, and he said, prosperity. And I looked at him, he goes, Jesus is prosperity. That was my, my two-year-old's lesson for me. 
Jesus is prosperity. I said, you're right. He is prosperity. He said again, Jesus is prosperity. I said, this is good. Religious people would be angry at you, my little two-year-old, for saying Jesus is prosperity. But Jesus is prosperity. The Bible says he's made unto us wisdom and sanctification and redemption and righteousness. What's redemption? Redemption means to to be bought back from. So what did Jesus buy me back from? Well, he bought me back from sickness and disease. He bought me back from death. He bought me back from poverty. So if he is my redemption, then Jesus is my healing. Then Jesus is my prosperity. Then Jesus is my peace of mind. When I talk about healing, I'm talking about a person. When I that pertain unto prosperity, I'm telling you, it's about a person. He says that he has given unto him to know him that is called us to virtue and, and glory. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus that came to set this captives free 2000 years ago is setting the captive free tonight. His power is moving in this place for your body. His power is moving in this place on your behalf. His power is moving in this place to give you come and speak to you in visions and dreams. His power is on your side. He's already done it and tonight in the name of Jesus you have an encounter with his power to take delivery. If you believe it and receive it give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. Amen. According as his divine power is given unto us all things that went into life and holiness through the knowledge of him that is called a precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Man, I, I wish we had a second week together because there's some things I would have loved to get into. But God's given us a divine nature. I, I, I don't know if this is one of my tonight, but I want to plant some seeds. That, that God's given you, a, that we are partakers of the healing verses. Second Peter 1, 4. Escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Life becomes very simple when you see things through the lens of what God intended for you and what he didn't. How can we tell? What's in heaven right now? What's in heaven is God's plan. Why? Because that's his planet. No one else. Satan tried to, Lucifer tried to impose his will in heaven and got kicked out. There's no sickness in heaven. God's not, God's not, sickness is not God's will. There's no disease in heaven. Sickness, disease is not God's will. If, if disease was God's will, then you'd get to be really sick in heaven because his will is unchallenged and unchecked in heaven. But when you look and you look in heaven and there's, there's, there's streets that are such fine gold that it's see-through, that's prosperity. When the dirt, that, when the ground you walk on is gold, that's prosperity. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. The Bible says we've escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. We're a partaker of the divine nature. What, what's the corruption that's in the world? Well, there is, no, there is no sickness and disease in heaven, so we've escaped sickness and disease. Well, my, my doctor said I have diabetes. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you, you're born again. And one of the things that you have to come in realization with is that you're not this body. You're that spirit. And your spirit, man, can stand up and say enough's enough. I'm not sick and diseased. I'm healed and whole. I'm not poor. I'm not broke. I'm rich and I'm getting richer. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. When I got hooked up with Jesus, I got blessed. The Bible says he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. 
spirit. If Jesus can't be cursed, how can I be cursed? I can't be cursed. The Bible says there's no, there's no, there's no, be, uh, there's no bewitching in Judah. There's no curse. There's no curse that comes to Judah. And that represents us, the church. We are untouchable for the forces of darkness because we're hooked up with Jesus. Say this with me. If it can't get on Jesus, then it can't get on me. That's, that's the word of the Lord. We've escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. I prophesy to you today, you're not leaving here sick. You're not leaving here to face a bad winter and hope. You're bold. You're leaving here with your organs protected. You're, you're, if you believe it, give the Lord a mighty mighty protected by the power of He says we're partakers of the divine nature. He says, he says that whereby he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's already yours. When Jesus died for you, he paid the price so you don't have to beg. You don't have to beg to be healed. You come through from the anointing. You don't have to beg to be blessed. You, you act obedience to God and through your faith. Active, wholehearted, yours. Amen. You're not trying to get blessed. You're not trying to get healed. It's like my brother said, I'm claiming that's mine. And when you open up your mouth and say, thank you, Lord, I'm the healed of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, my bones are getting stronger. My blood is cleansed. My mind is clear. Thank you, Lord, I got the memory. I got the memory. I got a strong memory. What do they say? What's the animal? Memory of an elephant. I don't know. Is it an elephant? Memory. I, I, I don't know if I want a memory of an elephant. I don't know how like a baby thing works. I got, I got a strong memory. Hallelujah. It's like people who say he sleeps like a baby. Whose baby are we talking about? Because I know some babies that don't sleep. So I don't know. How about this? This is a terrible thing to say. Sleep like a drunk old man. Like that's better. That's, that's more. Sleep like a teenager. All right. Sleep like a baby. Whose baby? Have you heard some babies? Don't, you don't want to sleep like them. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Pe people spend their Christian life trying to get God to do things for them that he's already done for them. And so instead, if you want to become fruitful, instead of God, would you please, God, would you please, Lord, thank you that you have. Thank you that you have. Thank you that I'm above this thing. Thank you that diabetes is below me. Not thank you, Lord. Lord, please heal me. Lord, please heal me. Lord, please heal me. No, thank you, Lord. I'm an overcomer. Thank you, Lord, that diabetes can't stay in my body because I'm an overcomer. There's no room for it in my pancreas. I'm so full of the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My blood is cleansed. Lord, I made some mistakes when I was younger, but thank you that you're burning the impurities out of my blood. Thank you, Lord. My blood is clean. Thank you, Lord. I'm strong. Thank you, Lord. I'm quickened in my body. I'm I'm not getting old and frail. I'm getting old and strong. My mind's getting sharper and sharper. I'm not going into my seven path 80s, 90s as frail. I'm not going into those years falling. Thank you. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. I'm already blessed. You'll open your mouth and claim your territory with your tongue. That's mine. That's mine. It's, it's like your tongue is the only way to contest the enemy. The tongue is the only way. I, I, the, the, there's a friend of mine who's a pastor who told me this story. He said he was uh, making his kids some sandwiches the night before for their lunch, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he's in the kitchen, peanut butter and jelly, making the sandwich. And the little boy walks up and says, Dad, can I have, can I have that sandwich? I'm hungry. And the dad said, no, this is for your lunch. Dad, can I please have it now? No, you can't have this now. I'm making this for your lunch. Oh, okay. So, but that's, that's mine for tomorrow? Yeah, this is your sandwich. I can have that one tomorrow? Yes, this is your sandwich. So he puts it in the bag, he puts it in the lunchbox, puts the lunchbox in the fridge. The next morning they're driving, they're driving to school. And 
my pastor friend is praying in the car. And he remembers, man, I'm hungry. I forgot to have breakfast. And he looks back and he sees the boy's lunchbox. The boy's in the back seat. He sees the boy's lunchbox. And he starts to unzip the lunchbox because he knows there's a sandwich in there. And he starts to reach in and the boy's watching him. And as he, as he pulls out the sandwich, that boy goes, no, that's my sandwich. And he drops the sandwich and takes his hands out, puts his hands back on the wheel. And that's how you got to get with the devil. Hey, you wake up in the morning. No, that's my health. No, that's my prosperity. No, that's my blessing. I'm contending. You can't touch me. I'm a child of God. It's my right to walk in health. It's my right to walk in prosperity. It's my right to sleep. Devil, who do you think you are? Health is my right. My Jesus purchased it for me. Prosperity is my birthright. Jesus purchased it for me. Devil, take your hands off my sandwich. That's my sandwich in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You open your mouth and your mouth is the key to your fruitfulness. Devil, I'm not putting up with your nonsense anymore. That's why the psalmist squieted with it. Why are you cast down, O my soul, of your countenance? What was he doing? He was talking to himself. In God. Crazy. But he was talking to himself. What was he doing? His spirit man was talking to his emotions. Emotions. What are you doing? I will praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Welcome times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Well, when I wake up, I'll praise. Praising. Wake up and come to planet earth. Do it anyway. We bring a sacrifice of praise. If you'll wake up in the morning and begin to out of your mouth, praise him until you feel like it. I'm telling you, you'll never deal with depression. You'll never deal with heaviness. You'll never deal with thoughts of suicide because that demon doesn't hang out in an atmosphere of praise. And all of a sudden, your harvest will start accelerating. Why? Because it accelerates your harvest. Let the people praise him. Let all the people praise him. And the earth shall yield or increase. And God, even own God, will bless us. When you open your mouth and begin to give thanks for what God has done. There's so many things. And, and who of us is walking in all of them? There's always more. There's always higher levels. Even when you get rich and people say, man, how is it that this happened? You say, God, millions. There's always more. There's always more. You could be giving checks of a hawking in divine health, but I want to, I want always more. You could be walking and cast out devils. I want to raise the dead. There's always more. But you wake up and you start now. And you say, and this is a, a Bible principle that if you'll wake up and out of your mouth, begin to speak and give thanks for what you want to see in your life. Lord, I may not see fruit of joy in my life, but you said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So thank you, Lord. This is going to be the best year I've ever had. Hallelujah. I'm going over. I'm not going under. Hallelujah. I thank you. This is going to be a year of answered prayers. Hallelujah. I thank you. We're not moving backwards or moving forwards. Lord, I know the economy may be in recession. I know they're talking about this thing with oil, this thing over here, but it doesn't matter one bit to me because I'm hooked up with Jesus and I can't go under. I can only go over. If you believe that, why don't you give the Lord another amen tonight? Your fruitfulness is linked to your mouth. Your fruitfulness is linked to your mouth. And then your fruitfulness is linked to the word that you'll get into your spirit. This is really the master key. I said this last night. But if you, if you want to get, get things that you see in the word into your hands... You want to get things out of here. Lord, there's things that I see in here that I'm not walking in yet, and I, wanna, I want them. And that's, that's got to be all of us. How many would like to 
lay hands on the sick and they recover. How many would like to pull people out of wheelchairs, cripple people? How many would like to lay hands on blind people and blind eyes open? How many, how many would like God to bless you and, and you become really rich? How many be okay with God making you rich? Anyone going to turn their back on the Lord if they become a millionaire? Anyone planning on backsliding? All right, good. We're in the right company then. You have to figure that out first. Anyone going to quit church and just go out on your boat, go out on your snowmobile on Sundays, never show up anymore? Um, I'm too rich for church now. Anybody? No? Okay. Well, 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 then there's things in here. Well, how do you get it to go from here to here? And there's two stops it has to make before that. I said this last night. You find it in the Word. You get it in your heart. You bring it out your mouth. And then you hold it in your hands. You find it in the Word. You get it in your heart. You speak it out your mouth. And then you hold it in your hands. Why? Look at God and the way He created. Light be. If He wouldn't have spoken it. If He wouldn't have spoken it, it wouldn't be. We'd still, we'd still be in darkness. Light be. And we're made in the image of God. But for us, it's about getting the Word in your heart. So how do you do that? You do that while you're in what you're doing right now. You come and you sit under the word. You come and let the word come on the inside of you. Your word. Instead of saying, again, oh, I wonder how this preacher's going to do. You come and say, look, I treasure you from your above everything. Lord, I'm coming again to get the word, get on the, in, the inside of my spirit. I thank you this word, your word above the inside of else. I'm coming to let bringing forth fruit. The Bible says in Jeremiah 15, 16, it says, your words were found and I ate them. And they became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. How do you know you got revelation in the word? Is when it starts to produce joy for you. You know, there's people that come to healing school. And, and, and they're racked with pain in their body. Disease in their body. But then I see it where I'm preaching the word. And you see them click over and the light bulb goes off. And they say, hallelujah, I'm healed. And they're still in pain. But they got it in their spirit. And I say, thank you, Jesus, we're on our way. Why? Because the body has to follow the Spirit. As the Spirit goes, so the body goes. If you'll come alive to the Word and prosper your own joy, hallelujah, God wants you. Word will start joy here on this earth. God wants you to have lived a joyful life here on this earth. He says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you're missing out on joy, you're missing out on one-third of the kingdom of God. That's God's plan for you, is that you'd roll into church on a Sunday morning, just a smile on your face. Why, what, what, you win the lottery this week? Yeah, I'm born again. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I'm bought with the price. Hallelujah. That's why he says, put on the helmet of salvation. When you spend your time and you let your default be that you go back to the way what God's done for you, you can't have down days. You can't have down days. I'll tell you what happened with me as far as praise goes. You know, there was a time where I definitely was not a glasses half full person. I was a glasses half empty person. There was a time, I don't know if I told you this, but there was a time that, that I was, when I was in sales, that I would always figure out what was the worst case scenario. I may have told you this, but I'd figure out what was the worst case scenario. At the time, when I, when I got that job, I was working in Pittsburgh for the summer. And I lived in Florida. And uh, I thought to myself, well, what's the worst case scenario? If I don't sell anything, it's a completely commissioned job. If I don't sell anything, they'll fire me and I'll have to go back home. And then I'll have no money. And then I thought, well, my mom's in real estate. If she doesn't sell anything, then she won't have any money. And then they'll repossess the house. And so I'm like working out what's the worst. And then it's most, I was reading Huckle, Huckleberry Finn, right? 
Kind of like the worst thing you can do. And then at the time I was reading Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. And, uh, and I thought to myself, well, if that happens, then I'll just build a raft and we'll just float down the Mississippi. And that doesn't sound that bad, actually. I was like, well, I'm okay with that, floating down the Mississippi with my mom. So, well, that, I, let me go sell. And that's how I'd relieve pressures. I'd figure out what the worst case scenario was. I'd get okay with the worst case scenario. Well, if, it all, if everything got messed up, then I'll just move to Colombia and South, I'll just move down to Peru or Colombia and, and be a fisherman on the beach and live in a hut. And that doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> and, and that's how it relieved pressure. And, and then I went from that. And then the Lord started speaking to me about praise. And, and I started to listen to teachings on praise. That you praise when you, there's two times to praise. You praise when you feel like it and you praise when you don't. Hallelujah. You praise when things are going well and you praise when things are going not so well. You praise, when, you praise when it's coming out of you easily and you praise when it's a sacrifice of praise. And if you'll do that, that praise changes the circumstance and praise changes something on the inside of you. So that's what I'm, and I'm not telling you to do this, but I made a vow to God and I said, and you don't do this thing lightly. I said to God, God, I vow from now until you come back or I see you face to face, I'm gonna praise and dance before you every day. Praise and dance. Why? Because when you dance, you have to actually exert some energy. And I made that vow to God. And then every day, I'd wake up and I'd start to praise. Lord, I praise you. Thank you, Lord. I'm the head and not the tail. And then the scriptures start coming out of your mouth. Thank you, Lord. I'm an overcomer. Thank you, Lord. This is going to be the best year I've ever had. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And then the praise started coming out of my spirit, man. And then I would dance. And I'd dance with all my might. And I would dance. And there were some days it was inconvenient. I remember a day that we, we'd... Uh, uh, we were flying to South Africa, where I'm from. And we woke up, we flew from Tampa to New York, and then New York to South Africa. And I woke up early, four in the morning, you know, got, got to the airport early, got, took that early flight, got to JFK, and then we're waiting to go to Africa. And the Holy Ghost reminded me, and I'm in JFK, and the Holy Ghost said, what about praise? And I thought, I was like working out the hours. And I'm like, well, I'm in JFK, and I'm going to be on a flight for 13 hours. So I'm either praising in JFK or I'm praising on the airplane. Dancing. So I got to figure out which one. So I said, I'll, I'll do JFK. So I went into the bathroom, closed the, the stall. I didn't, I didn't go loud. But if you saw under the stall, you saw my feet. Why? Because I made a vow to God. I, I, I'd rather be on God's good side and the mafia's bad side than the mafia's good side and God's bad side. Amen. I made a vow to God. But you know what changed? It's like I went from days where ups and downs emotionally, some days up, some days down, where everything leveled out and everything went up, where I don't try to have, I don't try to be happy. I wake up and there's joy coming out of me all automatically. That's what God has put on the inside of you. And it's about, it's about priming the pump so it's there. I want to tell you all the love you need is in your spirit already. All the joy you need is in the spirit already. All the healing power you need to cast out devils, heal the sick is in your spirit already. Prosperity's in your spirit already. It's already there. You just got to let it come up. Amen. And you got to stir it up. Amen. Praise is a way that you get that water priming through the pump. 
praises away, you let it come out your mouth. The anointing is voice activated. If you lift your voice and, and begin to speak about November and December and speak about next year even before you get there. Thank you that 2023 is going to be the most peaceful year I've ever had. Peace on all sides. Prosperity on all sides. Thank you that Job 3611 will be mine in 2023. Lord, because I obey you and serve you. I'll spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasures. Thank you that strife's going to dry up in my family this year. Thank you, Lord, I'm going to have the best sleep I've had in my entire life. Thank you that you're going to place your hand of favor on my life in even a greater way. That I'm going to have the best year financially I've ever had. Thank you, Lord, I'm going to come into some surprises this year. Thank you, Lord, my whole family's going to get saved this year. Thank you, Lord, I'm going to be more joyful than I've ever been. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You start speaking to what it's going to be like. The devil wants to keep people quiet because he knows we have something he doesn't have, which is a human tongue that has the ability to create. He has to get other people to try to create for you. He has to get people to come and say, man, the, the economy's in a recession. Aren't you afraid your job's going to go? Aren't you afraid? And he tries to get you to cooperate with his plan that way. Hey, aren't you afraid? And if you say, well, yeah, and you know, I guess everyone's got a little bit nervous about this recession. Then you just took what he had for you. But if you'll say, no, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm hooked up with Jesus. When you're in his boat, you can't sink. Hallelujah. He'll storm the wave for you. He'll open up his mouth and speak. But now this time he's just speaking through my tongue. The devil doesn't have a tongue he can't create. And I'm going to use my tongue as long as I'm alive to put him back in his place. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not below. Belief. Devil, you're under my feet. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above anything you can throw at me. This back pain can't stay. Back, did you hear me? You you can't stay in pain. Discs, did you hear me? You gotta mend. Bones, did you hear me? L5, C5, whatever, 5, 4, 3, 2. You line up with the word of God. I'm the healed of the Lord. Spine, be healed in Jesus' name. I'm healthy. My bones are whole. Hallelujah. I'm the head and not the tail. By his stripes, I have been healed in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift your voice and give the Lord a shout of victory tonight? Healing's already done. Healing's already been paid for. You're not trying to get the victory. When Jesus said it is finished, you know, this is, think about this. In the garden, day one, light. Day two, he begins to create. Day three, day four, day five. And then day six, final creation. What did he make? Man. So man shows up. And man's like, okay, what do we got to do? What are we going to do? And no, we, we just finished. We just finished. And then you get born again, and Jesus says, it's finished. And at that place where he says, it's finished, all of a sudden, salvation becomes available to you. And so you get born again. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? I got to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be healthy. I want to be, what do I got to do? No, it's done. You're starting at the finish line. You're starting and it's already done. It is finished. And so if you'll lift your hands, lift your voice and say, Lord, I thank you. It's done. Thank you, Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. Thank you. I have peace of mind. Thank you that no diction will bind me. Thank you, Lord. No stronghold will hold me. Thank you. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Thank you. I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you that this year's the best year I'm ever going to have. The best year I've ever had. But it'll be the lowest year that I'm going to have moving forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a mighty shout of victory tonight. Hallelujah.
You know, and it's his power that makes the difference. It's, his, it's not just a try to be hopeful thing. There's an, there's an actual anointing that's released out of your mouth. The anointing is voice activated. When you open your mouth, when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have to understand. The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, the same, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. How? By his spirit that's living in you. The Holy Spirit is the agent of healing living in you. The Holy Spirit is the agent of, 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 of blessing that's living in you. That's God's power, the same power. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem. So you're not just trying to speak positive. It's not just about speaking positive. It's about using God, the same anointing that Jesus ministered to the sick with. The same power when he said, peace, be still. It's that power that you're activating in your spirit to use for your victory. Jesus isn't here to come and speak into your circumstance. It's like believers are waiting. I'm just waiting for God to speak into my storm. No, you speak into your storm. Newsflash, Jesus is in heaven. He's not here. He's not coming to Dickinson to speak into your storm. He lives in your spirit. You speak into your storm. You open your mouth and speak. You open your mouth and command your money. You open your mouth and command. You open your mouth and pray for your family. You open your mouth and speak to your body. You open your mouth and speak to your blood. You open your mouth and command. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'm telling you, if you'll grab a hold to the word of God and let the word of God so get on the inside of you. You know, when we were talking about last night in Mark 4, and it talks about the four types of soil, we really only got through the first two. And it, but then the third one is the one that, that the thorns come up and it's the distractions. We got into that one a little bit. The persecution. But then it's, it's uh, the next one is the distractions of this age. It's the love of money. It's, the, it's the, uh, the lust of other things. Where the enemy will come to try to get you distracted with other things. And that out of all of them may be the most dangerous. Because Things are good. You're moving forward with the Lord. Pay attention after a week like this where the Lord gives you revelation in his word and gives you marching orders and begins to speak to you. How many of you since this week, the Lord's been speaking to you about changes to make, specific things. Man, I really need to go hard in this area. I need to do this. Pay attention to that the enemy will come with a distraction. Not a bad thing. Not necessarily a wrong thing. Not necessarily a sin but just something to take your attention away from the word of God. Man, it was always funny to me, but I'd wake up on a Sunday morning and, I'd, and the Holy Ghost would speak to me, fast today, don't eat. And so I'd skip breakfast and I'd go to church and I'd be praying in the Holy Ghost, go to church. And sure enough, every time I went to fast, someone come up and be like, hey man, it's great to see you. Bro, come out to lunch with me. Let me buy you lunch. No one ever wanted to buy me lunch when I wasn't fasting. But the Sunday that the Holy Ghost spoke to fast, that was always the one people were ready to buy me lunch. Used by the devil in church. Can you imagine? And and, and that's the way it works. But the enemy comes. Just a distraction comes. Oh, I'm going to take Tuesday nights and I'm going to spend that night speaking the word over my family. I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and speak the word and command. And then someone comes up on Tuesday. Bro, I got tickets. Come with me to this game. These are like side, courtside seats. So pay attention to the, I'm just saying, pay attention to what distractions come. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it comes to full, pull your focus away. But when you get serious and say, I have to see, 
I have to see what the word has for me. I refuse to leave this on the table. I'm not leaving my joy on the table one more year, going through life hoping things get better. There's joy in this word for me. There's joy in my spirit for me. There's joy available to me. I've never met a person, I said this earlier in the week, I've never met a person who is a person of praise that wasn't a person with a smile on their face, a person of joy. I've never met a person that had a smile. I've never met a person who praised and danced and rejoiced before the Lord that didn't carry joy in their spirit. They go hand in hand. And then I've never met a depressed person that was a person of praise. You talk to depressed people and all they talk about, it's what they focus on. It's all they talk about. This is what the devil did. This is what's been so hard. My life's just been so hard. It's been terrible. It's been hell. My life's been so difficult. Okay, your life's been difficult. You didn't have to go die on a cross. That's difficult. You live in America in the year 2022. It's uh, comparatively with the rest of the world throughout time, we have air conditioning. It's automatically way easier for us. Automatically. We have cars. No one had to get on a horseback to come here tonight. No one had to go. I don't know. If you want food, you can drive three minutes and talk through a speaker and then they cook it for you and bring it. You don't have to go like hunt something, skin it. I mean, I know there's people here who do that stuff, but if you didn't want to ever do that, you don't have to. Things are easy. And if you wanted to be on a beach tomorrow, you could get on a flight and be in Cancun in 84 degree weather, drinking a a virgin daiquiri by the end of the day tomorrow, if you wanted to. Life is very easy just from a natural standpoint, even without Jesus, comparatively with how things have gone on before. But the enemy gets people so focused on what's negative. North Dakota, I'm here to tell you life is good. Jesus is good. You're sitting in church on a Friday night full of the Holy Ghost. Some of you are even enjoying the word. How about that? Sitting here on a Friday night, grateful to have Jesus in your heart. If you open your mouth and begin to thank him for how good he's been, I'm telling you, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Why don't you take another 20 good seconds, lift your hands, lift your voice, and bless him for how good he's been for you. Bless him for how faithful he's been to you. He's never forsaken you. He's never left you behind. Hallelujah. He's been a faithful God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's made a way where there seems to be no way. If it was the devil's plan, you would have been dead already. You would have been in a mental institution. You would have been locked up in jail. You would have been dead by now. But you're not dead. You're here sitting in your right mind because the grace and the mercy of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your voice for one loud shout of praise to him. Your healing's already done. You know, there was a, there, there was a, there was a, it, you know what it is? It's the, it's the power of the name of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, God gave us the name of Jesus. Turn with me to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 3. Hallelujah. There's no waiting when it comes to healing. There's just receiving. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then the Bible says in verse Seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look so earnestly on us, as though by our own power? That's why you can never take credit. You always give the Lord the credit. As though by our own power or holiness, we have made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the holy and just and desired a murder to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Verse 16, and his name, everyone say his name. And his name, oh, that wonderful name of Jesus. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I want to tell you the name of Jesus is not diminished one bit. That name of Jesus that could heal that, the name of Jesus that could heal that lame man is the name of Jesus that's still healing today. It's still commanding cancer to go. It's still, it's still cursing diabetes at the root. Hallelujah. It's still healing heart conditions and blood conditions and bone conditions. It's still healing birth defects. It's still causing blind eyes to see. It's, it's the same name yesterday, today, and forever. And if you'll put faith in the name of Jesus. You know, in Africa, there's, there's places that you can't get medical help. So if you don't get help from the Lord, you don't make it. And so I think sometimes what happens is people have too many options. Well, I could go get this surgery. At healing school in Tampa, we get a lot of people who come because they've gone and the doctors get to the point where the doctors just say, I got nothing else for you. People come. I've had four surgeries on my knee, and it's worse. Come to healing school. We call them the last resorters. They'll do everything else, and then God's the last resort. Oh, it's come to that, has it? And, and, and we're fine with that. We'll deal with that. But in some places in the world, you know, in parts of Africa, you, you, if you don't get a miracle, you just aren't going to make it. But I'm here to tell you the name of Jesus carries healing power. The name of Jesus will cleanse your blood for you. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus will be like Holy Ghost dialysis for you. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus will purify your blood from, from problems. The name of, from heavy metals. The name of Jesus will purify you. The name of Jesus will heal your bones. Take out arthritis and osteoporosis. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is full of life. He can give you new bones if you need new bones. He can heal your lungs. It doesn't matter if it's COVID and you've got long COVID and you've got symptoms in your body overlapping symptoms. He can clear out your, 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 your airwaves. He can heal you. He can return taste and smell back to you. In the name of Jesus carries power today. His power is not diminished. I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the name of Jesus for you. If not for you, then who? You're the one who has Jesus in your heart. You're the one with the cross around your neck. If not for you, then who? If the healing power is not for you, then who's it for? Hey, if it's not for your condition, then who's it for? You know, there was a, when I, when I first came on staff at the river as pastor, we came on staff in January, January 1st, 2019. We came here in March. But when I had been on staff for three weeks, we'd been on staff for three weeks, it was during a camp meeting, the January, January camp meeting. 
And it was a Thursday night, and Pastor Rodney gave an altar call. And I felt, sitting in the front row, I felt, go back and help the people at the altar call. And so I went back there. We go to the portable. And, uh, and so there was a pastor who was, like, talking to the people who answered the altar call and giving them encouragement. And then uh, he, he, he said, the helpers are going to lay hands on you. So I was one of the helpers. So I went, and I was laying hands on different people. And then I get to the back, and there was a guy, mid-50s, who was sitting in his seat, slouched over like this. And I said, sir, what do you need? And he said, Pastor Rodney gave the altar call and said, a, people who a storm came against your life and took you out, and you don't know what to do. He said, I was on the mission field in Honduras, and eight years ago, this thing hit my body. And he said, it's a chronic fatigue. He said, I sleep 18 hours a day. He said, my wife has to take care of me. It brought me off the mission field. She has to take care of me full time. He said, I have no energy. He didn't even have energy to sit up straight. And he was sitting there. And in me, I wanted to just lay hands on him. You know, I was homeschooled, brought up by a single mom from South Africa, very proper, use your inside voices. This me up here shouting in a microphone is, is only the work of the Holy Ghost. My, my whole younger life, it was inside library voices at all times. This, this is the work of the Holy Ghost. But I just wanted to lay hands on him and, and pray nicely. But I had been talking with another pastor, uh, the healing school pastor at the time. And we'd been having a conversation about faith. And he would always just say, faith is action. Faith acts. Faith jumps. If they're in a wheelchair, you pull them out of the wheelchair. Faith is action. You need to make them move. Faith is action. Faith is action. And so when I went to go lay hands on him, I looked at him and I thought, faith is action. If he's healed, he doesn't need to be slouched over. So I looked and I said, sir, stand up. And he, st- he looked at me like, didn't I just tell you, chronic fatigue, you didn't even have enough strength to sit up straight. I said, sir, sir, stand up. He stood up. And I said, okay, action. And I went to go pray for him, and I still felt we need more action. We need more action. My head was saying, what are you doing? Just leave the man alone. Just pray for him. My spirit was saying, we need more action. Faith is action. We need more action. This is the power of the name of Jesus. And before I knew what I was doing, I wrapped my arms around him, and I picked him up. It happened so fast. I picked him up, and I began to jump. A grown man in my arms, 55 years old. I pick him up, and I jump with him. And I'm jumping with him. And I see out of the corner of my eyes, I see the two ushers are standing there like this, looking at me like, what is happening? And I'm jumping with him in my arms, jumping with him. And I set him down, and this came out of my spirit. I put my hand on his chest. I had never prayed this before. It came out of my spirit. I said, you foul spirit of death, come out in Jesus' name. And then I took a step back, and my head is saying, oh, you've done it now. You just assaulted this man. Why don't you just leave him alone? You're going to look like an idiot. My head was working against me on this one. My spirit was, man was saying, action. And I stepped back, and no lie, he looked at me and he goes, and he turns and karate kicks as high as he can in the air. And he was instantly delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. Instantly delivered from that spirit of death, that chronic fatigue. I saw him three days later, and I was in the lobby. He thought I was a Bible school student, and he didn't know I was a pastor. He beelined for me. He said, hey, remember? He said, uh, you were that Bible school student that prayed for me the other night. I said, yes. He said, I'm totally healed. He said, I've been back at my uh, hotel. He's from San Antonio. I've been back in my hotel, and I've been running up and down the stairs. I got all the energy in the world. God healed me. That's the power of the name of Jesus. You may not think you have enough faith, 
But don't doubt your faith, doubt your doubts. The power of the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus is wonderful. It'll bring healing to you. It'll take the nerve pain out of your legs. Hallelujah. It'll shift your heart right over where it's supposed to be. It'll heal your skin. Hallelujah. It'll cause hair to regrow if you want it to. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We had someone, we had someone come to healing school, and, and they came for something else. And then I saw him like six months later. And he said, hey, you remember when I came, I was bald? And I didn't remember. He said, this is my healing school here. I said, it's your what? He said, it's my healing school here. He said, you, you started speaking about taking the word and the word will work for you. And you mentioned hair. And he said, I'll take that. And my hair, I've been speaking to my hair. And my hair, I was bald. He said, my hair has been growing in. And he's got a full head of hair now. Like, this is my healing school here. We had, this is the power of the word of God in the name of Jesus. We had a lady come who was like 53 or 54. And she had gone through the passage of the middle of life and didn't have her period anymore. She was 53 or 54. It had been four or five years since she'd had her period. And sitting in healing school, <laughs> whether she wanted it or not, sitting in healing school, her period came back. That's the power of the name of Jesus. That's the power of the word of God. It's full of life. It's not a motivational book. It's a book of power. It's a name of power. It's a name that is above every other name. Sickness and disease have to bow at the name of Jesus. There's no name like it. You can call on the name of Trump and maybe he could do something for you. You could call on the name of Elon Musk and maybe he could do something for you. You could call on the name of your mayor, your governor, or, or some Bill Gates rich person. But I'm telling you, there's something that the name of Jesus can do for you that no other name can do. He'll save you from a lost eternity. He can heal you in your body. He'll take, bring you back into your right mind. He could take an insane person out of a padded cell and put him, on a, put him behind a pulpit. He could take a drug dealer and put him back behind a pulpit preaching and ministering by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's dead raising power in the name of Jesus. That name's not diminished by the last 2,000 years. It's just a as alive today as it was. And I'm telling you, that name and that power is for you tonight. I know it's the last night, but I'm telling you, the power of God's going to be on display tonight. That power is working even right now. You may not see it, but it's working in your blood right now. Hallelujah. It's working in your bones right now. Hallelujah. That fire is burning in your body right now. It's burning out impurities. It's burning out disease. There's something about the name of Jesus. He said, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. It doesn't matter if you got kidney stones. It'll break those rocks into pieces. Amen. Hallelujah. There's power. Why don't you lift your voice and shout the name of Jesus tonight. That's, that's the power of the name. And, 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 and you know what? The Lord is so good that, that even when people don't have faith, the Lord will still work for them. Because the enemy tries to come and say, you don't have enough faith. Well, it ain't even about your faith. It's about the power of Jesus. If you'll turn that conversation around every time the devil tries to come and say, you don't have enough faith. And you say, it's not about my faith. It's about the name of Jesus. And you set your focus back on how big he is. It's not about how much faith you have. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to the sycamine tree, the devil gets people clogged up because he always turns it to you don't have enough faith. God doesn't talk that way. God didn't say, if you have enough faith, raise that, pull up that lame man. He just said, tell him to stand up. He doesn't say, God doesn't talk in enough or not enough faith. God just says, do. 
That's all he does. The devil comes. You don't have enough faith. If the devil tries to do that to you, throw it back at him and say, it's not about my faith, devil. It's about how big my God is. It's about the power of the name of Jesus. It's about how much power he's got and that he kicked your butt 2,000 years ago. Don't let the devil intimidate you. The devil's defeated. He's a loser. He lost 2,000 years ago. He can't hold you in addiction. Jesus lives on the inside of you and greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. Man, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. This is what's going to shake Dickinson. This is what Dickinson needs. This is what Dickinson needs. There's people out there addicted to drugs. They don't need religion. They, they don't need cold-hearted religion. They need the power of the Holy Ghost. They need the power of the Holy Ghost. There's people who are dying out there. They need the power of the Holy Ghost. There's people that don't know Jesus. They have no hope. They need the power of the Holy Ghost in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the name of Jesus. And I believe this church is going to take it to them. I believe moving forward, we're going to see a rapid advancement on the city of Dickinson. This city shall be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. I claim Dickinson for the kingdom of God. This will be a this will be a stronghold not of drugs, not of the devil's work. This will be a stronghold of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Preachers will come out of this place. Missionaries will come out of this place. Evangelists will come out of this place. Pastors, teachers, even godly lawyers, godly politicians. You didn't even know that was possible. But godly politicians and lawyers will come out of this place. People who will stand for righteousness righteousness in in the middle of wickedness in Jesus' name. That's what the gospel comes to do. It comes to shake a city and change it from the inside out. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's a song where you're not leaving like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, depressed, tormented, sick or lame. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You're not leaving like you came in Jesus' name. If you receive that, why don't you lift your hands and begin to thank God that you're the healed of the Lord. Thank Him that His Word's working in you today. I'm telling you, there's no, there's no problem in your system that the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord wants to deliver people from pain in this place. The Lord doesn't want you running in every other direction to try to get rid of pain. He wants to take your pain from you. He doesn't want it that you, that you have a testimony about some magic drug that you took. That you're telling, giving a testimony about some over-the-counter thing or under-the-counter thing, or, or whatever the counter thing, prescription thing. God doesn't, God doesn't want you testifying about some radical new t- uh, t- medical treatment that they did for you. God wants you testifying about his power. No, I didn't go. The doctor didn't help me. I went to him, and he had nothing for me. But I came to the name of Jesus. I came to the blood of Jesus Christ, and Jesus helped me. Jesus healed me. Jesus delivered me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your anointing, your healing power even here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus carries weight. And there's no distance in the realm of that. There's no distance. You know, there was one time that I I, I called a company to get uh, technical support, customer service rather, for something. And I got on the phone, and I got on the phone with this guy named Eric. And, and, uh, he was Hispanic, and I was talking to him, and I was about to hang up, and then I said, I felt to share the gospel with him. And I said, Eric, before you go, I want to tell you that God loves you, 
and that he's got a great plan for your life. And he said, thank you. I needed to hear that today. And I said, why? What's going on? He said, I'm having trouble with my wife or problems with my wife. And so I thought he was talking about marriage problems. But, but he said, I said, what's happening? He said, she has breast cancer and we've just been going through that. And I said, well, the Lord put me on the phone with you for a reason. I said, the Lord will heal your wife right now on the phone with me. I said, that's a spirit of cancer, and I know how to cast that out. I said, I'm going to cast that thing out. I said, first, you need to give God jurisdiction over your life. You need to surrender your life to God so he can do something for you. And then I shared the gospel with him, and he prayed the prayer of salvation. He gave his life to the Lord on the phone with me. And I said, Eric, I'm going to pray for your wife. What's your wife's name? I don't remember what he said. He said, my wife's name is this. I said, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to command that demon of breast cancer to leave her. I said, I'm going to get loud. Don't be nervous. And so I said, this foul spirit of cancer. And, and he was in Miami. He's four hours away from me where I am in Tampa. I said, this foul spirit of cancer in the name of Jesus, that foul breast cancer spirit in Jesus' name, you come out in the name of Jesus. And then I said, Eric, can you take my number? He said, yes. I said, I want to hear from you. I gave him my number. The next day I get a text message. Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but this is Eric. I said, <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, I'm just doing that seven hours a day. Do I not remember you? That was a pretty memorable phone call. <laughs> In my spare time, I used to play video games. Now I just call people and cast out devils. It's really fun. <laughs> and he texts me and he said, I don't know if you remember me, but you prayed for my wife and her breast cancer. I said, yes. He said, thank you. She went in for a checkup yesterday. I didn't know, but she had a checkup yesterday in the afternoon. It was a few hours after we spoke. The doctor did, a, did the scan, and there's no more breast cancer. The lumps disappeared. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, that'll mess up your doctrine a little bit. I don't know if she's born again. She didn't hear me, but that foul demon heard me and had to go. Why? Because the, na Hallelujah. Because the name of Jesus is to be reckoned with. Every demon of hell knows that it got whipped 2,000 years ago. No diabetes can stay in the presence of Jesus. No cancer can stay in the presence of Jesus. No malformation of body can stay in the presence of Jesus. The name of Jesus is given to us to be able to walk in victory. When Jesus said we're going to be a victorious church, he gave us the name of Jesus as the final answer to deal with every plague of hell. Anything that the devil could try to torment you with, Jesus gave us his own name as the, as the answer for it. What do, you, what, do I do about in, what do I do about infirmity? The name of Jesus. What do I do about depression? The name of Jesus. What do I do about arthritis? The name of Jesus. What do I do about influenza? The name of Jesus. What do I do about this? I've given you my name, says the Lord. He says his name, Acts 3.16. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Why don't you lift your voice and tell Lord, Lord, I believe. Go ahead and just say that. Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus, I believe in your name. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe in your name for me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God doesn't have another plan for you to get old, sick, and die young. God has a plan for you to walk in divine health. God has a plan for you to come out from underneath the grip of Satan in every area. That you don't spend your life hoping God does something for you but you spend your life rejoicing and receiving everything God has for you. Amen. Amen. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness 
in the presence of you all. Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever it is you need tonight, there's power in the name of Jesus. If it's a food allergy, there's power in the name of Jesus. Whether it's a digestion problem, there's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, even when you preach like this, the word of God, the Bible says the word is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. When you preach like this, the word of God carries the anointing and it begins to destroy things. Even as you're sitting here, things are being broken off your body right now. The healing power of God is flowing right now. Hallelujah. The Lord's a merciful God. He's been looking for opportunities to get healing to you. You know, we had a guy come to healing school and uh, he had been backslidden and um, recently come back to the Lord. And, and I wouldn't say he was a man of faith. And even by the way he spoke, you could tell he wasn't. But he had, he had this one arm, this left arm, was in this like metal brace. It looked like, you know, it looked like a, a robotic arm almost, like this metal brace. And, uh, and then this arm, I didn't know, but he was doing some sort of jujitsu or something, and he tore both, is it ACL? Or no, biceps. He tore both biceps, and they separated. And he had just had surgery. So he had come to healing school just after his surgery. And as I walked past him, I was walking around like I do. I know people get uncomfortable. This is just what I'm used to in healing school. I was walking around, and I came up behind him. And I looked at the back of his neck, and I felt that he had done something in the back of his neck down through his arm. And so I called it out. I said, there's someone in here, because usually it's more than one. I said, there's someone in here who uh, there was an injury to your neck, and it went down your arm, and the muscles all messed up, and the Lord's healing you right now. And I knew it was him, but I think there might have been others as well. And, and I heard him say, whoa. And that's all I heard. And then I just walked past and I kept going. And then after a while, I got curious. I was preaching and I got curious. And I said, hey, what did the Lord do for you? And he said, man, it's so crazy. And you know, this is like the one thing you're not supposed to say when you get healed. He's like, I don't believe it. This is amazing. Like, it's like literally the one thing you're not, when Jesus heals you, the one thing you're not supposed to say is, I don't believe it. It's like kind of the only thing you're like not supposed to say. You're supposed to say, thank you. I see it. You know, to see it and then say, I don't, yeah, it's bad. He's like, I don't believe it. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But he's like, you know, you said that. And he said, I felt something hit my neck and run down through my arm. And the funny thing was, he said, this arm is totally healed. He said, I had surgery about a week ago. And I just had them take the, the cast off this. He said, I've been in terrible pain. He said, it's totally healed. He said, I could tell the way it was before. It was totally healed. This arm was still in the deal. And, uh, and the Lord healed him. You know, that's the mercy of God. That's, that's the mercy of God and how good he is to his people. That even when you have somebody who, after God heals them, says, I, I, don't, I just can't believe it. <laughs> Please be quiet. <laughs> he went back to his hotel room where he was staying. And he was standing there, and he's sitting on his bed, and he thought, if, I'm, if this arm's healed, then this arm's got to be healed too. And as a step of faith, he just took the thing off. And he said, arm be healed. And he started doing this. And the arm got, the arm, as he did that, the arm was healed instantly in the hotel room by himself. Now, I wouldn't say a person of great faith hadn't spent 20 hours listening to Kenneth Hagin teaching, showed up was probably in more unbelief than anything. Really, he said he came to just, because he'd been backslidden for so long, he wanted to get into a right relationship with the Lord. He's like, I came from my heart. I'm carrying so much junk 
from my previous marriage. That's what he came to healing school for. And then the Lord took care of that. He was so blown away. That's the mercy of God. That's the goodness of God. I want to tell you, God's power is enough for you. God's power is enough for you. I want to ask you, get out of begging mode. For some, some people, because they've been looking for their healing for so long and not, not received it, they get into a mode of, Lord, please, would you do this for me? We're not in a mode of, Lord, please, would you do this for me? We've come tonight, and we're laying hands on everybody for whatever you need. We're laying hands on everybody, and the power of God's going to come and is going to help you. Jesus, if I can put it very simply, Jesus is looking to help you tonight. And he's going to do it by his anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to leave saying, Jesus did something awesome for me. Hallelujah. Jesus did something awesome for me. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you for your anointing. Jesus, thank you for your power. Thank you that your grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord, for your healing virtue even right now. Lord, for whatever people need, if it's in their emotions, if it's strongholds of, if it's strongholds of depression, oppression, Lord, if it's in their, if it's addiction, Lord, I thank you for breaking those things off even right now. Thank you for the healing balm of Gilead to flow into people's bodies right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Rambo borroso gare de le barra. Brende le barra shombrondo rogo rododo. Raga reba bare de le bredele. Embrosondo rogo rododo. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your anointing. Thank you, Jesus. You are the healer. You are the deliverer. Hallelujah. You are the chain breaker. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You bind up the broken heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you, for the next 30 seconds, open your mouth. Begin to thank him for his power that it's for you. Begin to bless him out of your own mouth. Let me hear you, North Dakota. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and open your mouth and thank him for his goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for how good you've been. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It ain't over. Hallelujah. The devil wants you to think it's over. I want to tell you it ain't over. Hallelujah. It ain't over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It ain't over. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't just settle and say, I've, don't just tolerate, oh, this is just how it's been for so long. I'm here to tell you it ain't over. Jesus looked for people who had been long in that condition just to bring them out. Hallelujah. He hasn't changed. He's the same. Hallelujah. There's someone who's had a problem in your mouth. It's like, I don't know if it's a jaw or if it's one of the nerves in your mouth, and you've just had a problem in your mouth area recently. The Lord wants to heal you. Who, who is that? It's been a problem like in your mouth. All right. In the name of Jesus. There's the anointing. Right now, out. In Jesus' name. Broken now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together for that. Thank you, Jesus. Is, is there anybody else? That's you. All right. Hallelujah. Brother, were you in pain? Were you in pain? What now? Move it. No pain? Gone? Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Send to your feet, sister. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. There's the anointing. Out in Jesus' name. I break it now. Swelling, inflammation, problems in the tongue. Out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Move it around. Were you in pain? Move it around. What now? 
Still pain? Has some, some of the pain is gone? Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you've begun a good work. You finish it in Jesus' name. Life into this body, into these teeth. Lord, give her a miracle if she needs it. In Jesus' name. Life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is why it's good that I walk around, because I get next to people and the Lord gives me words of knowledge. So, Hallelujah. I don't know why people get uncomfortable with this. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not going to slap you when you're not looking. Everyone close your eyes. That man slapped me. You can't prove it. Everyone had their eyes closed. It's your word against mine, and I'm a preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's someone who's had a problem digesting foods. I know I called this the other night, but it's like the foods just seem to get stuck here. You've had a problem digesting. If that's you, go ahead and stand to your feet. Lift your hands. There's the anointing right now. In the, there it is, in the name of Jesus. Out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing for my sister. Thank you for what you've done so far. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Life in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Just her. Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. One more time. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. The power of God is wonderful. Hallelujah. If you'll let him, you'll come and touch you even right now. I know we're going to lay hands on everybody, but the anointing's flowing right now. So open up your heart and place a demand. You have to settle that the anointing actually comes here for you. The anointing's showing up for you. If we weren't here in this building, the anointing wouldn't be here. The anointing didn't just come to hang out. The anointing comes to destroy the yoke of bondage. This anointing came to do something specific for you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful Jesus. Glorify your name. We glorify your name. Glorify your name in all the earth. 
I believe the Lord's healing some people in their feet. And I don't know if it's a problem in your arches or flat feet, but you've had pain in your feet. The Lord's healing your feet. Who is that? Lift your hands. Flat feet, lift your hands. Go ahead and stand to your feet if that's you. Go ahead and stand on those feet. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. There's the anointing right now, the power of God. You're going to feel the power of God going to those feet. Hallelujah. There's the anointing. In the name of Jesus. That pain. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your healing anointing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now go ahead and move them. Move those feet around. Tell me what you feel. Was there pain right now when you were sitting? Yep. They feel good. That's the power of God. Open your mouth and let's thank them together. Amen. What about you, brother? What do you feel? Is there still pain? No? Go ahead and move around. Test them out. Was there pain before? Is there pain now? Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you praise Him, it, it gets rid of skepticism because you, people are like, well, there's no pain right now. We'll see if it comes back. But the moment you start praising and you get over into, just like if someone walked up and said, hey, I want to bless you with this money. If you said, well, you know, I'm not keeping my hopes up. You know, maybe he'll come and take it back. Now you say, hey, thank you. Hallelujah. You start to praise. You claim it for yourself. It's yours. Amen. Was there anybody else flat feet problem in the arches? Did I miss one? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Is there there pain in your feet right now? Okay. Lord, I thank you. There's the anointing. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Right now, never have foot pain ever again. There's it is now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Any other touch he needs in his body, I thank you for the anointing going into his body right now, into every internal organ. Thank you, Lord, into this skin in Jesus' name. Life into this skin in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is so fun to me. You know what? Because the devil can't actually stop you from getting healed. He's not here tonight. I don't know if you know. He's not here tonight. The devil didn't come. (laughs) He wasn't invited. (laughs) The devil actually can't stop you from getting healed. He tries to lie to you and discourage you. You don't have enough faith. It's not going to work for you. You've been believing for 30 years. Most people who think they've been believing for a long time for their healing actually haven't been in in actual faith. They've been in hope hopes for the future. God will do it for me some point. It actually means that you've been in zero faith. And so the enemy comes, well, you've been in, you've been believing for 20 years. You actually haven't. You haven't not been in faith at all. You've been in hope. God's going to do it for me. So the moment you click into faith, and even if you, you know, if it's been 20 years and nothing's happened, then you're doing something wrong because Jesus isn't doing something wrong. So then you say, okay, obviously I'm not in faith. So thank you, Lord. Uh, show me what I'm doing wrong. And then sometimes it's just one adjustment. Oh, I've been waiting for something else. No, I'm healed now. Thank you, I'm healed now. And thank you, Lord, it's mine now. And you open your mouth and begin to thank him for it, that it's already done. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. That's the past. You're not looking for healing in 2023 or later on tonight. Your healing took place 2,000 years ago. 
so you can thank him for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's someone who's had a problem with your vision where it like back focuses. It's like your eye, the focus of your eyes. It's like it tries to focus and it's like a lens that's not focusing. Who is that? That's you. Lift your hands. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Take your glasses off if you would for me, young man. Lord, I thank you for, there's the anointing right now into those eyes. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, give them brand new eyes. Thank you for strength into these eyes. Lord, any, open your eyes. Any blockage in these eyes right now in the name of Jesus. Out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The life of God into these eyes right now. I command these lens to be healed in Jesus' name. Now look at me. What do you see? It's clear. Than before. Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. Go ahead and open your mouth and thank Him yourself. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're going to go into the, the eye doctor and take another test, and he'd say, what did you do over the weekend? What happened? You know, we had a young, we had a young guy come to healing school, and uh, he had moved down to Tampa for Bible school, and he, he wore glasses, and he got up out of his bed and stepped on his glasses and broke his glasses. And he said, I don't have $300 to go get new glasses, and healing school is free. So I'll go to healing school instead. That, that was his reasoning. <laughs> He's like, well, it's cheaper. Healing school's cheaper. <laughs> and he sat at the back row, and he would look. We put the scriptures up on the screen. He couldn't see anything. And you know, it didn't have. It wasn't instant like that. But over day after day after day, it, it, he could start to see letters. And by the end, they came into focus. And uh, and the Lord helped drastic. I don't think he was at twenty twenty vision by the time he was done. But the Lord drastically improved his eyes. You know, in two weeks, the Lord drastically improved his eyes. The thing about the word is the word is full of power. So I, I'm releasing my faith for instant healings tonight, like the Lord's been doing already. But at the same time, when you grab a hold of the word and you'll speak life, it's a surefire way to get healed. We had a young man come to healing school who had a skin condition. I don't know what it was, but he had all these splotches all over his skin. And he came in during healing school, during the course of two weeks, 75% of it went away. But he was still left with 25%. And so when he left, every day he woke up and he said, thank you, Lord, my, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, my skin is healed. Skin be healed in Jesus' name. And he had a scripture. And every day he did that. A week, two weeks. He came up to me about three months later. And I didn't know he was doing this. But he came up to me and he said, I just want to tell you, when I came to healing school, 75% of it went away. And for three weeks, every day I spoke and I didn't see any change. And he said, the one, day I, I had been, the one day I woke up and the rest of it was gone off my skin. He said, it's totally healed by the power of God. So sometimes I don't, under, you know, I, I don't understand how all of that works and why things do work the way they work. But all I know is the word of God's full of life. And if you'll direct the word of God to your eyes, the word of God will work for you. So when, when the Lord does something for you and, and then you see it, I would say probably most people in here have had the Lord do something for them in their body at some point in their life. If you grab a hold to the word, I'm telling you, he'll bring you through. It doesn't matter if what you're dealing with is seemingly way worse. The word of God's powerful enough. Amen. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. So if you, if you wouldn't say, Jesus, you couldn't do this one. It's too big for you. Then the word can do it for you. Amen. Lift your hands one more time all over this place. Lord, we thank you for your anointing, for your healing power. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done so far this week. Thank you, Lord, for a great grace for every person. 
Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that this would be the greatest year. These next 14 months will be the greatest, 13 and a half months till the end of 2023, will be the greatest year of spiritual advancement and taking territory for this church and for the people of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we're going to line everybody up and pray for people. If you need joy, then have joy when you get hands laid on you. If you need healed, get have your healing when hands are laid on you. If you just want to be set free from addiction, then, then that's what it's going to be for. If you'd like all of it, then take all of it. You don't only have to take one thing. Amen. If you, if, you, if you want new boldness, then let it be for new boldness. If you want whatever it is you're asking the Lord for, then as you, as you raise your hands, place a demand. The Lord, the, the Lord, you, you don't offend the Lord when you ask for something. Lord, I, I, I want new boldness. Lord, I want the fire to burn on the inside of me. Lord, I, I've come to receive my whole healing. Lord, if not now, then when? Lord, I want it all now. Lord, I want, my, I want joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have my wife minister with me. So if you, if you desire prayer, we're going to put this song on. If you desire prayer, you want to have hands laid on you, then we're going to come and line everybody up, and we're going to pray for you. Go ahead and, if you want prayer, come on up and join us at the front, and then we'll come through and pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Not all at once. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, actually, I should say all at once. <laughs> you can turn on that song suddenly for me. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your mighty power. Lord, you know every, you know every person in this room. You know what they're dealing with. You know exactly what they need. You know what they need to have removed, and you know what they need to have put in. So thank you, Lord, for your power on display tonight. Lord, I believe you have a great blessing for every person here tonight by your power. Thank you, Lord, for that power being released now in Jesus' name. And if you, if you don't want prayer in your seat, just open your heart and receive. Drink from your seat. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to tell you one more story uh, of a healing that took place. I was at the church, and I'd been ministering, and then one of the pastors at the church called me and said, Hey, my mom is coming to church tonight, and she's got this. It's the same thing that, that Vaughn's wife had. It's a... It's the, the vein that's, they say it's so painful people commit suicide. It's the most, one of the most painful things you can have. Said she had that, or she had, she had it, she got a surgery, and the doctor said, the surgeon said it'll last for about five years, and then the pain will come back. And he said, sure enough, five years has passed, and the pain's come back. She's in terrible pain. Would you pray for her? So I said, sure. So we showed up, and I, and I go out, and it's outside in the courtyard. It was hot. It was in the middle of summer. And as I, was, as I walk up to her, she started to talk. And I said, well, what do you need? And she started to explain it, what was going on. And this was the first time this ever happened. But as she began to tell me, you know, some people, when they explain, life's been so difficult, I'm dealing with this. I, I just ask them, please don't say any more. You're draining my faith. Let me just pray for you. Her, when she said, this is what I'm dealing with, the power of God came into this hand. And I started, 
I felt it start to burn in this hand. And um, as she explained, uh, the pastor was like, hey, maybe we'll go get something to eat and grab a seat and we can come back in an hour and you can pray for her. And I said, no, the power of God's in this hand. Let's pray now. And when I laid my hands on her, she fell out onto the power of God. Now we're out on the, the cement and there's a line for a food truck next to us. And she falls out and she begins to laugh. And we, I said, hey, pick her up. She was instantly healed by the power of God and then got filled with the joy. I found out later that she, she, well, she's not even a member of the church, but she had never had a touch from the power of God. She had never had joy, never been slain in the spirit, never experienced the anointing. And the pastor had been believing that his mom would have that breakthrough. So there she comes outside in the middle of the heat next to the barbecue, the line for the barbecue food truck, lifts her hands, the power of God goes in, completely heals her nerve, takes away the pain. She doesn't need to go for another surgery, takes away the pain instantly. And she got drunk in the Holy Ghost for the first time. That's what the Lord does. He's the God of more than enough. He doesn't have to focus. And he's not like a little kid that can only do one thing at a time. Amen. So I'm believing with you that whatever you need, it can be something in your emotions. It can be something in your body. That God has the answer for you tonight. Do you believe it? Amen. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you for your anointing right now. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost for your people. Thank you, Lord that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for your healing power, your delivering power. Thank you for your joy and for your might. Jesus, lay hands on your people through me tonight and bless every one of them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, it's in the anointing like this where the Lord will begin to speak to you about the future. Begin to instruct you. He's God. <laughs> he knows which way to go. He knows what's coming up next. He knows what five years from now holds you, holds for you. Sometimes he won't tell you what's happening in five years because you won't listen to him on what to do today. So he'll instruct, and he'll lead you, and he'll give you more chances, and he'll comfort you, and he'll help you, and he'll give you revelation. And this atmosphere does all that. The anointing does all that. It says, the Bible says, the anointing teaches us all things. It's the anointing that teaches. The Holy Ghost teaches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else want prayer that didn't get prayer? Anybody else? How your feet doing? They're hot. How your feet doing? Feeling good. Good. <laughs>
<laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ten meetings like this, the Lord will warn you of things to come. Even warn you of certain relationships, certain people. The, the anointings of protection for you. The Lord will show you things in advance. Amen. Well, if you're sober, open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 9. If you're on the floor, just stay on the floor. First Corinthians nine. You gotta be careful with drunk people. You get wildly unstable. My first time getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, I ended up running around the church. I was like 18 years old sitting with my friends. Ended up hopping over the back of the chair and taking a lap around the church. If you would have told me earlier that day that I was going to take a lap around the church, I would have laughed at you. And there I was laughing and people laughing at me as I took a lap around the church. <laughs> I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. I, I want to give a call. I know we got some um, people in here who haven't been here this week, but even for the ones who have, if you're in this place and, and you need to get some things right with the Lord, you know that your heart has drifted from the Lord and you're not on fire for God, then I want to pray with you tonight. I want to have the privilege of praying with you to get it right. The number one most important thing in your life is that you keep your heart burning for God and that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and that He comes first. And that means obedience. And so if you're in this place and you say, there's areas where I'm disobeying, there's areas where I'm not keeping up my end of the deal and I need to get it right, then I want to pray for you. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. If that's you, then I want to, I'm going to lead us in a prayer and we'll pray together. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Who else? You know that's you. You know you need to get some things right with the Lord. There's been compromise in your life, sin in your life, and you know you need to earn to the Lord. One more time. Who is that? Thank you. See your hand. Thank you. See your hand. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to take one more step and come and join me at the altar. Come quickly. We're going to pray together. Come, let's pray. Come join me here. And if you didn't raise your hand and you needed to, then come. Come quickly. No one's guaranteed tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, when Jesus comes, the Bible says he'll come like a thief in the night. And so we have to stay ready. Well, I've, I've answered altar calls before. Yeah, well, good. You, 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 you keep answering them until you get it right and until you're able to live 
a clean, holy life. You never graduate. Well, I've been born again for 30 years. I don't have to answer altar calls. If you've got sin in your life, you need to repent. Well, why do we do it publicly? Well, he said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. And if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the fear of man to say, I'm not getting up in front of people. And the Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. So if you didn't answer and you need to come up quickly before we pray, come join us and we'll pray. Maybe there's one more. And for everyone up here, I want you to lift your right hand to heaven. And I want you to pray with me from your heart, out loud. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give you my whole life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Set me free. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again. And you're coming back again for me. My life is yours. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. I am yours. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now, once you're here at the altar, go ahead and open your mouth and thank him that he heard your prayer. Thank him that he's a God of mercy. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for hearing their prayers. Thank you, Lord, for times of refreshing that comes in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that every person on the sound of my voice will be there on that day, that not one person will miss heaven for any reason, that you put a, a wall of fire around them in Jesus' name. Lord, give them the courage to make the changes that you desire for them to make. Give them the courage to make the changes that you desire for them to make, as difficult as they may seem, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we love you. When you go, I want to encourage you in four areas. Number one is stay full of the word. We live in the year 2022. It's very easy to get the word in your spirit. You can put it on YouTube. My, my wife and I have a podcast. If you search our last name, you can find us. There's podca podcast. The church has a podcast. The the YouTube is videos. It's the You play the Bible on the Bible app. There's it's easier to get the Word of God in your spirit. Prioritize getting good preaching in the Word of God in your spirit. And then it's your prayer time. Take, take time to, to pray. Take time to spend time with God and talk to God. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, take time every day to pray in the Holy Ghost. And then number three is keep committed to church. I know most of you are the faces I've been seeing this week. But make a decision, especially as we get closer to the return of Christ. I, I'm not going to just distance myself, go two, three weeks and not show up for any reason. I'm going to be in the house of God. Because you get around people that are like you, that are, that are people who are going, running after the things of God. If you hang around drug dealers, you'll get into trouble. If you hang around good Christian people who are on fire for the Lord, you, you get into that. Amen. Amen. And then number four is worship. Take time every day to praise and worship the Lord. When you open your mouth and give Him thanks, that's where you pour your love out to God. That matters. Amen. We love you. Amen. You can be seated. To your seat. We love you. God bless you. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I can say this because I'm the traveling evangelist. Um, if any of you in here aren't members of this church and you live in Dickinson, welcome to your new church. This is, this is the best church in town. And these guys want to be your pastors. So, so if you don't have a church, if you haven't been committed to a church or you go somewhere else, leave there and come here. This is a much better church.
You, the, the, the pastors here will pu push you out of your comfort zone, but you'll have, you'll, have, you'll have treasure in heaven because of it. They'll keep you accountable, keep you on fire for the, for the Lord. They'll, they'll, they'll teach you the full counsel of the word. This is the best place you can be in Dickinson. Maybe in all of North Dakota. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to give you an opportunity before we close out here tonight to sow into um, my wife and I's ministry. And so I just want to read two scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 5. Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as brethren of the Lord and Cephas? This is 1 Corinthians 9, 6. Or I only and Barnabas, have we not power to forbear working? Who goes to warfare any time at, at his own charges? Who plants a vineyard and eats not of the fruit thereof? Who feeds a flock and eats not of the milk of it? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same things? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Does God take care for the oxen? Or saith it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that plows should plow in hope, and he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. Verse 11, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? The Amplified says, if you have sown the seed of spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap your material benefits? If others share in the rightful claim upon you, do not we have a better and still greater claim? However, we have not exercised this right, but we endure everything rather than put a hindrance in the way of the spread of the good news of the gospel. This is in 1 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he actually, he actually repented and said, I've done you wrong by working and not letting you give. I've wronged you. God set it up that they that minister and, and, and give spiritual things would re reap spiritual things. I was talking to my wife yesterday, and she was uh, talking about her childhood because her, her dad was a pastor. And she said that they were in school one day, and one of the kids asked the teacher, um, how do pastors get paid? I thought they worked for God. How do they get paid? And uh, she's like, I wanted to pipe up and say, it's the offerings. But the, the, the kid then was like, is it the offerings? And the teacher was like, no, it's not the offerings. They don't touch that money. But... I don't know how they get paid. And then she said, I did pipe up and said, it's the offerings. I know, my dad's a pastor. But, there, but there's this kind of feeling like, you know, ministers are supposed to be poor. You know, you, you, Lord, you keep them humble, we'll keep them poor. And, and, and oh, you have, you have a car. You know, it's like the people who attack the prosperity message, it's so funny because prosperity, if you, if you live in America, you're prosperous by and large. You know, if you have a vehicle, if you, if you drive a vehicle and it's, it's your vehicle, you are prosperous. Yeah. Like you, you look at the 8 billion people in the world. If you have a vehicle, you are rich. You're rich. If you make, I think the number is, it's either 32,000 or 60,000. I know those are way far apart, but I just don't remember. That if you make that, so let's call it 60,000 just to be safe. If you make 60,000, you, you are the one percenters. You remember when everyone was like protesting the one percent? But that's here in this country. But worldwide, I think it's 32,000. If you make $32,000 or more, you're the one percenter. So, so having anything, uh, you're, you're blessed. Oh, you've, you've got a nice car, whatever. So people, people have come and the devil has set out to attack prosperity to keep people small. Because one thing he learned 
One thing he knows is that if, if Christians will attack prosperity, it draws lack. When you attack wealth, it draws lack. Well, why does one person, even just in the natural, oh, that Elon Musk, why does he have to have all that money? Oh, I just don't think it makes sense that one person. So, so what the left does, where they, we want to tax the rich. Well, the rich do get taxed. You know, Elon Musk paid more taxes this year than anyone has, the largest tax bill than anyone has in the history of the world. He just paid the largest tax bill. We got to tax the rich. Why is that one person? They should take it from him and distribute it. That's not biblical. That's not Bible. The Bible, Jesus has the parable of the talents. The one guy goes, has five, multiplies to ten. The one guy has two, multiplies to four. The one guy has one, doesn't multiply it. Jesus takes from the one who has one, so he has none, and gives it to the one who has ten. He took it from the one who didn't multiply it and gave it to the richest one. Jesus doesn't work by a socialist agenda. And so, but what happens is if, if he can get you attacking wealth and prosperity, then he'll get lack because when you attack something, you draw the opposite. When you attack wealth, you draw lack. That's how it works. If you attack healing, you draw sickness to you. That's how it works. And so the enemy's plot has been to get people, oh, that preacher, why does he have a car? Why do they live in a house? He drives a new car. Shouldn't he be, oh, you're flying in first class. I, I, I listen to evangelist or Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth a lot, and he talked about the one time he was flying in first class, and he was flying where he was going, and this lady was like sitting there, and she's just talking for like 45 minutes straight, and she's drinking, and she's getting drunk, and she's talking, and then after about 45 minutes, she stops and she says, well, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I'm a preacher. And she goes, a preacher in first class? Aren't you supposed to give all your money to the poor? And he said, I wanted to say, yeah, lady, they'll sell the tickets to anybody, not just drunk, middle-aged uh, gold diggers, you know. <laughs> but, but, but that's the mindset. Aren't you, and he said, I, I've been trying to give it to the poor, but it keeps coming back multiplied. But if he'll get you to, if he'll get you to attack it, why, oh, why do we have to do that? You know, there, there's been times where people donate things to different ministries, and you see the quality of stuff, used tea bags, Stuff that's broken doesn't work. Socks with holes in it. Let's just give this. They can do something with it. There's no respect. Where when you bring your best to God, and the Bible says, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule well be, con- be worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Double honor doesn't mean, hey, today we'd like to honor Dylan. Uh, actually, he's an elder, and so Dylan, be honored, be honored. There's your double honor. <laughs> double honor was actually talking about double pay. It was talking about an increased pay because they labored in the word and in doctrine. So these are people who not only work in the church, but they're actually behind the pulpit. They're worthy of double honor. And so it's interesting that God links honor to, to giving, money to honor. They're worthy of double honor. And so tonight, what I want to ask you 
this Friday night, this final night, is as you sow, yes, you're sowing to us, but you're sowing in Jesus and, and you're sowing to God. And so I want to ask you to sow an offering of honor to God for what he's done in your life. An, an offering worthy of honor to God. God, you've been so good to me. I love you with my whole heart. And I want this offering tonight to represent how grateful I am for what you've done in my life. We know many people have given and we're grateful. But all you do is you ask the Lord and do something where you say, God, I, I want to show you that I love you and I'm giving you an honor for what you've done in my life. You know, a number of months ago, I'll just tell you about myself, but uh, actually, was it last year? Last year in May, I was believing the Lord for a vehicle. I told you about the Jeep that, I, that the Lord paid for, the Jeep Gladiator. While I was believing the Lord for that, actually, I was still, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I was going to get the, different, the other truck, the Toyota. So I was like looking at 32,000 was like my goal. If I can get to 32 grand, I can go buy that truck. And the money came in supernaturally, supernaturally. I'm believing the Lord for it. And supernaturally over the weeks and months, the, the money came in. And uh, so that was March. I started believing for it. April, May. I think we were towards the end of May. And uh, I had, I had $25,000 no, I had $28,000 out of the 32, so I was getting close. And uh, two things happened. Number one is I noticed that that year I had just been giving, like, just like my attitude was, I'm just going to give all the time. Started off the year in January with some major seeds that we gave out of our savings. And then it was just like any Monday would come in, I just treated it like, I'm just going to keep the pedal down on the giving part. But I noticed that as I got closer to my goal, that stopped because it was almost like I was counting down. Okay, six more thousand to go, four more thousand to go. It's like, here, if I just stop, and then I didn't like that. And I, saw, I went into church the one night, it was a Sunday night, and I, I identified that, and I said, I, I don't like that. That's not what got me here to overflow. And uh, we were having like a kind of a worship thing where were, the main bulk of the service was at worship. And I was worshiping the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, this year I'm believing for this car, but I've been believing to give more in one lump sum than I ever have. And I just want to tell you, this is, I don't even believe it was the Lord that told me to do this. Uh, I can't say the Lord told me to give this. I, I decided. I said, Lord, I just want to show you that I love you. And then if we get to the end of the year, I don't want to have my only testimony be that you paid for a truck for me. I'd rather get to the end of the year if I had to choose and say I gave the most in one lump sum that I ever have. I'd rather that testimony at the end of the year. Truck, no truck, don't care. If you want to pay for it, you can pay for it. I'd rather show you that you come first. And I had 28000 and I took $25,000, and I wrote a $25,000 check and gave it back to the Lord. And I can't say he told me to do it, but I just want to say, Lord, just so you know where I stand, I'd rather have that testimony than the truck testimony. And I gave it. And then the next day I woke up, and I was like, well, you know what? I don't think I want the Tacoma. I think I want the Gladiator, and it's 50000 so I don't need thirty-two. I need fifty grand now. And then I was like, and I got $3,000. And I'd already ordered Tacoma parts because I was buying, like, extra stuff for the Tacoma. So I'm, like, sending stuff back. And, uh, and then I told you the end of the story. Everything came in and the Lord paid for it. But, but it was that decision of, Lord, I just want to show you that I honor you. And so maybe you're in this place and you've never done something like that. Maybe you tithe, but you've never dug deep to say, Lord, I want to show you 
that I'm thankful for everything you've done in my life. And I want to give you a seed of honor, Lord, to say, I love you, and this represents my best. And so tonight as you give, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord, Lord, what is that seed of honor for me? And give a seed of honor to God, knowing that your money is going into the gospel and it's going into what matters to God. I'm not the representative from the SBCA. Say, give a seed of honor to God and give it to the cats. God doesn't, listen, one soul is worth more to God than all the cats on planet earth. All the spotted owls, all the dolphins, all the bison, all, all the land value on planet earth pales in comparison to one soul in the eyes of God. And so when you hook up with, God, with what matters to God in giving to souls, giving to the gospel, then that's where you see the multiplication because that's the ground that the seed multiplies in. So I'm going to ask the ushers to pass out the envelopes. And I, all I'm asking you is ask the Lord, Lord, what represents the seed of honor? And you, maybe you'll know. Maybe you'll just know. Hey, this is, we're going to do this as a family. I'm going to do this. I'm going to reach in. I'm going to reach even, even ask the Lord. Because the Lord will speak to you and show you this is what it is. Or maybe you say, man, I, I, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to do something I've never done for the gospel. I, I don't want it to be that I went out and dropped $25,000 on a vehicle and I've never done that for the Lord. I've dropped 50 grand on a vehicle and I've never done that for the Lord. So ask the Lord. And this is between you and the Lord. This is, there's no pressure, but this is, this, is, this is a way that you can say, Lord, I want to honor you. And then watch what the Lord does. Watch how the Lord multiplies it. You know, that seed of 25,000, that, 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 that's no longer the biggest lump sum seed that we've given. The Lord enabled us this year to do more. By the hand of God. Not, not our salary. By the hand of God. Amen. Amen. You know, the one thing in believing the Lord for that vehicle that the Lord showed me, actually through a couple dreams, I started having these dreams during those period of months I was believing for that truck. And in the dreams, it was like I, my brother, I was, I was getting, in the dreams, I was getting the miracle that I was believing the Lord for. But all of them were representative of, it was always a weird way that it happened. Like the one dream that I had, I was at church. You know, our church gives away cars. And I was at church. And in my dream, I was given a car. My brother was given a car, and then uh, my brother had another extra car, and then he came up to me and was like, hey, let's put all the cars together and sell them, and then we can get your truck for you. It was like, it was like and, the, and the Lord was just like, hey, whatever way you think this is going to come, just don't even spend time thinking about how this is going to happen. Just trust me that I'm going to take care of it for you. Because for some people, they say, well, I don't see, you're talking about multiplication, but I'm on a fixed income, I'm on a pension, I'm retired. Trust me, the Lord has a way. You know, I think about it is he knows where all the gold deposits are. He knows where all the oil is. He knows that plot of land that nobody wants, that has a ton of oil underneath it. And some Christian's going to come along and for $11,000 pick up this garbage piece of land that's going to have millions and millions of dollars worth of oil on it. The Holy Ghost knows. So you hook up with the right one and he'll show you what's to come. Amen? You can make your checks payable to RMI. There's credit card giving there as well. And uh, I'll give you another second here, and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. Who's believing the Lord for land? Amen. I, I, I believe every member of the River Church Dickinson 
is going to own land. Not rent land, own land. Amen. That's what I'm going to pray for. And maybe if you're sowing tonight, link it to land ownership. Even if you don't think you need land, you're in a comfortable apartment, you should start extending your faith for land. Apartment's fine, but the Lord has land for you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the every seed sown tonight, everyone who's sown this week. Thank you, Lord, that every person in this room under the sound of my voice is incredibly blessed. I thank you for releasing land to your people tonight in Jesus' name, that there'll be four-month, six-month testimonies of land coming into their hands supernaturally in Jesus' name. Lord, dream land that's going to change hands supernaturally. Lord, I thank you that you, you stripped the Egyptians of their wealth to give it to your people in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for this church. This church, I call this church building paid in full in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for supernatural acceleration to see this building paid in full in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Ushers can bring the buckets. And then if, when you're ready to give, you can come give. We want to tell you, for my wife and I, we love you very much. And thank you for having us. I know you didn't invite us, but you showed up. So this would have been boring without you. Amen. We came and no one was here. So thank you for coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put on that song, You Make Me Rich, if we can. You guys can bring your offerings. Thank you for being generous givers. Amen. North Dakota Amen. people are generous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you going to make me sing this one myself? Just to... This is a great this is a great song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll stand to your feet with me tonight. We'll go out to this song. Lift your hands, you can turn down a little bit. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, I thank you for your supernatural grace to rest upon every person. Lord, as they go from here, as they've honored you with their time, Lord, as they've honored you with their nights, as they've honored you with their attention, Lord, I thank you that you reward them. You're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. I thank you, Lord, that these next 13 months, I pronounce a blessing on these next 13 months, that no curse of hell, no economic downturn will be able to turn back in Jesus' name. Supernatural blessing from now until the end of next December, in Jesus' name. Lord, supernaturally give them the best Christmas that they've ever had, in Jesus' name. And as for the River Church at Dickinson, I command, I command this place to be debt-free. I command this place to glow. I command this place to be like a lighthouse that even attracts people that have never been attracted before. I don't know what it was, but I was driving past, and I just had to come and be a part. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, we love you, Dickinson. Thank you for having us. We'll see you next time. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah.